What is blockchain? A blockchain is a distributed system that achieves security through cryptography and consensus without relying on trust. That's actually a really good That's definition. so genius. That's a really good definition. I know. And I wrote it down. <laughs> Where's that from? Uh, I forget where I found it. It's an article I found on LinkedIn, actually. And I wrote it down because it just summarizes blockchain in one sentence. We're changing up the format. You ready to go, Marco? I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom prison and time keeps dragging on. But that train keeps rolling on down to San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> Marco, thank you very much, man. I just want everybody to know, Paul, that was for you, Kitchen Fix, because uh, he actually just reached out to me and he said, listen, what was up with the last show, man? The lawyer never said a song in the beginning. And I was like... It's a lawyer, man. Well, I can't force lawyers to do anything these days, man. You'd be in litigation for months. <laughs> so the problem is that everybody from here on out is going to have to do a song, and that's just a fact. And if you don't like it, then we don't pull the trigger and we don't record. That's it. We've got an interesting show. Sean was actually nice enough to bring up that, I guess, a sentence that clearly describes what we're going to talk about today on today's show. I love that sentence. Can you want to, you want to say it again? What is blockchain? A blockchain is a distributed system that achieves security through cryptography and consensus without relying on trust. It's that word, trust, eh? Yep. The third party. Yep, that's exactly right. It's the third party thing. Let me just introduce everybody. All right. So across the table, I got Sean Silva from here, fellow Portuguese. Where where are you from? So I currently live in Guelph, born and raised in Toronto. My dad's Portuguese. My mom is Irish. Islands or continent? Um, islands, Fial. Oh, Fial. Yeah. I don't think I've met anybody from... I have not been there personally. I want to. I went there for a month. My grandparents took me to Portugal. It was so much fun. We went all around the islands. Nice. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Nice. Okay, so Sean Silva's here. Your company is A3C Crypto Club, Inc. You're the founder. Website is www.a3ccryptoclub.com. Sean at a3ccryptoclub.com. And also on Facebook, it's Sean and everybody, it's S-H-A-W-N. Facebook, it's Sean A3C. On Twitter, it's at Sean A3C. And then on, he's got a YouTube channel, and it's called A3C Crypto Club, Inc. And to the right of me, I got Marco back here on the show. Spectator? No. Contributor? A friend of the show. A friend of the show. A fan. A fan of the show. Fan and friend. <laughs> so Marco's here, and his email is m.e.carlini at hotmail.com. All right. So, gentlemen, this is a, a show desperately needing to be on the Construction Life to discuss this because I do know that a lot of tradespeople are either in crypto, trying to understand crypto, trying to get into crypto, trying to figure out anything to do with crypto. They are um, desperately waiting for this show. And I want to basically have Sean drive the boat here and discuss this whole world and see what we can learn. I've got some questions, but I'm going to probably listen most of the time. And Marco, you're probably going to jump in every so often. You've got your laptop all set up, and you've got your book. You've got all kinds of stuff here. So anybody who wants to pick a fight, ding, ding, you know? <laughs> all right, Sean, over to you, bro. I can just start off talking about how I got into crypto, if you'd like. Sure. Um, so I've been into crypto just over a year now. How it all started was 
my wife and I were taking a marriage course, uh, just how to communicate and, you know, nothing too serious, but just one of the tasks were to um, find a new hobby. At the time, I, I'm a Tesla fan, and I was following uh, Elon Musk on Twitter, and he always talked about Dogecoin. So I was like, what's Dogecoin? He just happened to tweet it that day, and I'm like, okay, my new hobby is figuring out what blockchain is. <laughs> I used my technology skill set in engineering to read about what blockchain is, and I figured it out, bought a couple coins, started researching it, and one of them happened to be Cardano, and it just kind of really was different than the rest. And I just started fr telling friends and family, you know, you need to look at this. This is a serious investment. This is Cardano is going to be a global financial operating system, and you really need to open your eyes. How far back was the first purchase, and can you share how much you purchased? So back in February of 2021, I bought $1,000 worth of, like, seven different coins and that inspired me to research all the different ones i did buy dogecoin and i did make a little bit of money when it when it uh, peaked and i moved it all to cardano and uh, yeah it was uh, it was a really interesting time because learning about how cardano can solve real world problems with blockchain technology it uh, it really opened my eyes and if you look at technology and how blockchain is evolving, there's a fundamental difference between the third generation blockchains and the first generation blockchains. First generation blockchain being Bitcoin, third generation being Cardano. If you want to talk about, like if you want to compare technologies, like just think of this, the largest taxi cab company in the world doesn't even own a taxi cab. Uber. And that's because of technology. Yeah. Right. Same with hotels. You know, Airbnb. Yeah. Right. So as blockchain evolves and becomes more sophisticated, relevant uh, experience, like 10 years in technology is a lifetime. And look where we've come. So how, how I like to compare first generation blockchains to third is so Bitcoin picture like a wire in your house. It really only does one thing and sends a signal from one end to the other. Boom. Whereas you look at like Cardano, third, chain, third generation blockchains, it's more like all the wires and the panel. It's a whole ecosystem. Essentially, it's a new internet. It's a, it's a way to store data. The Ethiopian government actually has signed on to use Cardano to secure their school system, all their grades and all that, because they're having a problem with people hacking and changing their grades. It's fun fact, the Ethiopian president has a, a mathematics degree in cryptography. So he's chosen Cardano. That That's saying something. That tells you something. It, it does. And uh, now they're looking at how successful they are. And they're going to start using um, Cardano blockchain to secure their land registries because they have a problem with people hacking in, changing land. Where is all the, I guess, and, and we'll eventually get into the crash of last week, right? Mm -hmm. We'll get talking about that. But I guess where is the fear when it comes to crypto, is the fear attached to the unknown because you're not exactly sure what this is? I mean, when we talk about stocks, you buy a piece of a company, you own a piece of a company, you watch a company grow. And I guess when it comes to crypto blockchain, do we not visualize what we're owning? Is that where the fear comes from? So that's a good question. I think a lot of the fear is a two part, two pronged approach, if you will. One being the volatility. The volatility scares a lot of people. And two is the lack of understanding. If you look at the likes of like Dogecoin and Shiba Inu, these are what we call meme coins. They really don't provide any utility. They're just something fun to buy. And I mean, Shiba Inu is trying to create some utility, but 
right now, for the most part, it's 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 a, a meme coin, a joke coin. Okay. Um, so Dogecoin is Bitcoin's do, uh, meme coin, joke coin. Shiba Inu is Ethereum's joke coin, meme coin. And then now on Cardano, they have this new thing called Hosky token. Hosky token's actually really amazing. My stake pool is an official Hosky token pool. So if you stake with me, you get free uh, Hosky tokens. Um, and what he's doing is he's raised a lot of money. And instead of creating his own stake pool, stake pool and making money, he's giving back to the community and helping small pools. He's, 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 he's a genius. He's a really smart guy. Um, so why so many coins? People trying to make money. So it's just you, you got Apple and all of a sudden Microsoft and you got Samsung and you just got these different companies getting into the game and trying to make their own version. Is that what's going on here? Pretty much. I mean, t to be honest with you, you don't need a lot of experience to create a coin. Anyone can go create a coin. You can YouTube it and find a video and they'll walk you through how to do it. And anyone can do it. There was actually one guy on TikTok. He showed his experience, and before you know it, his coin is worth a couple million dollars just because it was called something like, I forget what it's called, shit coin or something. Oh, can I swear? No, I you can totally swear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you've got so many different coins here, and then I guess you get people trying to figure out what coin to go with or what's the most stable. So there's a, there's a few different reasons why different projects exist. So if you were to look, for instance, Bitcoin, you have Bitcoin in the top 10. Bitcoin, Ethereum is number two, smart contract platform, right? You can have NFTs and uh, decentralized finance applications, right? So they all have different, uh, different pluses and minuses. Uh, Solana is another popular one. It's a venture capitalist type coin where, you know, a large percentage of the coins are owned by venture capitalists, which is a scary thing because if the price gets high enough, they could just dump the coins on the retail market and take a lot of the money, right? So there's Which a lot is, of, by the way, illegal. It's absolutely <laughs> illegal, but it happens. Like I just put up a chart here, and you could see by blockchain which blockchain has the most allotment to public sale. So you see Ethereum, massive amount of public sale. Cardano has one of the largest uh, public sales as well. And then you go over to Solana, the public sale is like 2%. Oh, wow. Uh, very small. A lot of insider allocation, which is always scary. Cosmos uh, is a less popular one, but it has, again, big public sale. So these are some of the metrics. An another uh, key Where are you getting that from, Marco? Where's this that? This is Masari. Masari is a very popular, uh, popular crypto uh, data website. Okay, so initial so, token allocations for public blockchains. Absolutely, Mas and Masari, you can go through okay. the list, right? Yeah. And, and just see which ones. Avalanche is another heavy VC-funded uh, coin. And when I'm looking for blockchains and I'm analyzing which blockchain I want to be a part of, I kind of stay away from these VC funded projects because they get a bit terrifying, right? Okay. Um, so then there's like other things like uh, TPS, right? Like transactions per second. Like how Cardano is a bit slower, but it's known for being more secure. Whereas you have Solana, uh, Solana, I don't think, oh yeah, Solana over here, which is a heavy VC funded, it's like incredibly fast. But the blockchain's known for shutting down. Like I think it's shut down five times in the past six times. Six times in the past six months. Cardano's so when you guys are saying shut down, it means whoever's running this literally just closes shop. Well, there's so all these different chains have a different amount of nodes, right? Like they're so the beauty of blockchain is a distributed a distributed ledger, right? Yeah. So there's different. Bitcoin has uh, different. Uh, how would you explain it, Sean? Nodes and relays. Nodes and relays in around different countries world. around the world, right? Yeah. Solana has very few, 
So it's more centralized. And you'll hear this. Do you want to be part of a decentralized cryptocurrency or a centralized? The whole point of cryptocurrency was that it was decentralized. The beauty of Bitcoin, it's not tied to a country. It's not tied to a corporation. Satoshi Nakamoto, the creator of Bitcoin in 2009, is anonymous for a reason, right? There's no point of centralization. There's no CEO who's directing the ship. It's, it's a coin of the people. It's a currency of the people. And that's why people find such value in it, right? Because and that was the objective from day one. So, yeah, being sovereign. Uh, this uh, Bitcoin came out of the financial crisis in 2008. Uh, Satoshi Nakamoto was sick of the big banks being bailed out, sick of the, you know, the traditional finance. So he, he wanted to create something new. And him, uh, together with the cypherpunks, uh, Hal Finney and all these guys, they created Bitcoin and the initial Bitcoin was created in 2009, January 2009. So how does something, how does an entity like Bitcoin go from 2009 worth nothing pennies to most recently, I guess, at the end of last year to $50,000 per coin? So that, that's a good question. The whole point of blockchain is security, right? And trust. Bitcoin only does one thing. It secures your funds. So people were like, oh, okay, I can invest in Bitcoin. It secures my funds. And as the more people invest in it, the price goes up. That's a no-brainer to some people. They yeah. believe in it. So that's what they did. They just kept pouring money into it. And all these big companies and retail investors, at the, the, the end of the day, Bitcoin is digital gold. It will become digital gold. I don't think, personally, I don't think Bitcoin will ever die. I think it will live amongst all the big guys in terms of adding some sort of utility for storage, long-term storage, let's say. But let's go back to what Marco was talking about in, the, in uh, relays and nodes and blockchain. So when you look at blockchain, there's computers all around the world. And these computers all around the world talk to each other to provide consensus. So no single person can go in and change a number and say, no, I have 25 Bitcoins, not one. The other computers around will be like, no, you don't. Get out of here. That's the whole point. Yeah. Right. So the more nodes you have, the more nodes you have, the more secure the blockchain, technically speaking. So the people control the, 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 the blockchain. Now, is there a chance of the people abusing that control? Because I go back to January of 2021 when GameStop, the people controlled GameStop. And that wasn't like the product, that wasn't world events, that was the actual investors controlling GameStop and pushing it to a level. And a lot of people made a lot of money that day. So there's two types of control. I don't know if you're talking about a 51% attack, which is a possible threat to Bitcoin, but you would need something in the realm of six or $7 billion worth of CPUs to control enough hash power to take over or damage the Bitcoin network. Okay. And it's pretty much impossible because there's not even that much available. And then another type of control, which I, maybe you're talking about is whale manipulation. Yes. And whale manipulation is something in stocks, something in crypto. It's inevitable. And you can see it. There's metrics on chain. And this is the beauty of a, a blockchain, right? Everything's traceable. So you could see accounts holding more than 10,000 Bitcoin are they selling? Are they adding to their volumes? Are they dropping their volumes? Are they selling? And you could see this and it's all charted. Masari has a lot of data. So you Here, can here's my fear on that is that in, in our lifetime, even when I was a kid, I never thought I would have a conversation where there'd be a single person that had a net worth of $200 billion. Now we've got two publicly, you know, expressed people that are worth that. 
and probably a half a dozen hidden people around the world that are probably worth more than that. Um, and so the, the amount of wealth that's attached to certain people, and actually I describe them more as entities, that have that power capability to do that. So that's where I get a little nervous about can they control it, I guess, and it goes to last week's crash where they kind of controlled it. They went from, what was it, at $48,000 per Bitcoin, and it dropped as low as $34,000? So that was a result of a project called Luna. Okay. So Luna is a blockchain that is um, secured or backed, I should say, by Bitcoin and other reserves. And they also have what's called a stable coin. It's called UST. And that stable coin is used for people who they, they take their fiat. And in the crypto world, we call your local currency fiat. So our fiat is Canadian dollars, US fiat is. So they would take their fiat, buy crypto, and then they would sell it. But then they would store their money in a stable coin because they know the price isn't going to fluctuate. And they're waiting to buy something else or buy the dip or whatever the case may be. Well, it turns out that Luna's backing wasn't as strong as people had thought. And the UST stablecoin depegged itself from the dollar. And that scared a lot of people. They started pulling their money out. So I'm just looking at the chart here now. And, uh... So I think, in, I think the highest price was $150 Canadian about two weeks ago. Yeah, 116 US. Okay. 116.41 US. And then in three days, it dropped to literally fractions of a penny. Wow. So Today, the... it's at... Uh, yeah, 0. 0.0001689. So that's it's really funny, s- but it's not funny. It's terrifying. It's, it's funny because I'm not laughing at no, it because yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. off mic, no, you, you guys were talking about how people have been committing suicide and yes, and people lost a lot of say. Like, I guess my question is to the non crypto layman person like myself, where did that money go? I don't know. <laughs> Evaporated. So there's large. So, so how does money evaporate? Like I, I don't. Well, I've invested before when I was younger, and I've been burned, but because I didn't really know what to do, and I was investing in certain uh, stocks and things like that, and all of a sudden the money disappears. But I mean, where did the money go? Somebody got that money. It's somewhere. It's not. I can't. I can only speculate, and I would suspect that there are some people in the background that got yeah. really rich as a result of Probably. this. Probably. It's scary because a lot of people lost their lives. They they were heavily invested in this, keeping a lot of their money in stablecoin, and then it depegged itself and they lost. And the thing with Luna is they also lock your funds for 21 days. So if you wanted to pull your money out of Luna, you had to wait 21 days. Well, this happened in three days. And, and that's the scary thing about crypto because I, I, you guys tell me if, if this is right. A lot of, I guess, the websites or the actual brokerages or whatever, they lock the money for a certain period of time. So some do and some, some don't. don't, right? My, my biggest advice for anyone who wants to get into crypto is do your research in the blockchain you want to invest in and make sure you're investing in a crypto that's providing an actual product. And, and has like a roadmap and has and wants to solve real world problems. I'm really bullish on Cardano. It's it's created by Charles Hoskinson, who was the inventor, sorry, the co-inventor of Ethereum. So he created Ethereum with Vitalik Buterin, and he was like, this isn't 
really how you create a blockchain. There's a lot of politics with them, but eventually he left in 2015 and he created IOHK and put output Hong Kong. And he said, let's create a proper blockchain, one that's secured by an algorithm, not by power. So let's back up to blockchain for a second. Yeah. There's two fundamental blockchains. There's a proof of work blockchain and a proof of stake blockchain. So a proof of work blockchain needs electricity to secure the network. And when I mean electricity, I mean a lot of electricity. So for example, Bitcoin is number 27 on the list of countries that uses electricity per year. Wow. So Bitcoin uses just as much electricity as countries do. And I have some data here and some stats I can read and share with you. But uh, Ethereum is the same thing. It's also a proof of work blockchain. It needs electricity to secure the blockchain. It's, it's, it's a, you can't get away from that. When Charles said, hey, that's really not good for the future. We need to come up with a blockchain that secures itself al al algorithmically or through math, let's say. Uh, we got to create an engine that can take care of us. And everyone's like, nah, that's impossible. You can't do that. So he's like, okay, watch. I'm going to do it. So he created IOHK. He hired thousands of scientists and engineers. And he wrote papers. And that's all he did. He wrote papers and theory and said, okay, here's everything I wrote, world. What do you think? He open sourced it all. He shared it with the whole world. And scientists and engineers around the world and cryptographers read it and were like, holy crap. This guy's actually going to do this. In 2017, Cardano came online as a proof of stake blockchain. His blockchain is now secured with a program called Ouroboros. It's a mathematical program that he wrote or his team wrote. And it secures the blockchain without Oodle's amount of electricity. And it's actually genius. It, it's, it's amazing. Doesn't it sound more like that could actually just supersede Bitcoin? In my personal opinion, it will not supersede Bitcoin because there's a lot of people that are heavily invested in Bitcoin and look at that as digital gold. What I do see is, so remember Bitcoin only does one thing, it secures your assets. It's the number one most valued cryptocurrency. Move on to step, uh, sorry, uh, coin number two in terms of value. That's Ethereum. Mm -hmm. So Ethereum, although it is a proof of work blockchain, it is, it is an ecosystem. It has smart contracts, decentralized finance. It's like an internet. It's like a mini internet. Very different than Bitcoin. Now you look at uh, Cardano, it's a proof of stake blockchain, but it is also going to be, well, it is now uh, an ecosystem, uh, a new internet. Ethereum is actually trying to become a proof of stake blockchain by uh, what they call Ethereum 2.0. They want to fork it and create a proof-of-stake blockchain, but they're having a hell of a time doing it. And it's not easy to convert a proof-of-work blockchain to a proof-of-stake blockchain on the fly. If you want to create a proper blockchain that runs on the, new, the future proof-of-stake theory, then you have to start from the ground up. Where's the resistance? Who's actually given the resistance here? It's, it's a technically really hard thing to do. It's not resistance in terms of people saying, no, we don't want that to happen. It's just a really difficult thing to do. So when you're creating a system that's designed to, to store and safely keep billions of dollars, you want to do it right. Yeah. So the problem with, in my opinion, the problem with Ethereum is their team are very knee-jerk reaction. Hey, let's solve the problems as they come up. Right. Well, if you're designing a financial system, that's not really a good idea, in my opinion. That's reactive instead that's of proactive. Bingo. So that's where Charles and Cardano are a little bit different. 
they wanted to prove that this all worked before they created a system. And they created all these papers, they hired these engineers, they open sourced it, they vetted it. And in 2017, the Cardano network came online and the proof of stake blockchain, and it's working. And as of today, Cardano now has DeFi, NFTs, dApps, like dApps. So, so when you hear the word dApp, you can think of a web page on the internet. Basically, it's an application that's working on chain to allow things to talk. Inevitably, companies will start using it to track their inventory. Like I heard rumors that, uh, what's the name of that company? The shoe company. New Balance? Yes, New Balance. We're going to look at using Cardano to track their inventory and authenticity of their product to get rid of fraud, fake shoes and stuff. Uh, so really? Yeah, it's, it's very cool. So like I said, blockchain now is fundamentally different than it was 10 years ago. It's, it's going to be a new internet. It's a new way to store data securely. And, and what we're seeing now, the evolution of blockchain, it's, it's mind-blowing what they're building and what they can do now. Decentralized finance is another thing. So I'm sure a lot of people have heard the word DeFi. Yeah. So if you want to talk about DeFi, there are two types of exchanges. There's SEX and there's DEX. So a SEX is a centralized exchange. So a centralized exchange is like Binance, KuCoin, NDAX. CoinSmart. Uh, CoinSmart. Thank you. Crypto.com. These are all what we call centralized exchanges. They're controlled by a central entity. Okay. Okay. So when you look at DeFi, DeFi is decentralized finance. They're exchanges that are not controlled by a single person. So how that works is people in the community provide liquidity. So on Cardano, for example, I, I do a lot. I dabble a lot in DeFi. It's, it's, it's interesting. And... I buy coins and I use those coins to lend back to the community and I get rewarded for that. And that's what we call yield farming. It's very simple. I'm making it very simple. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to get a grasp of it. But I guess during this whole Luna thing, everybody got hit, right? Including Cardano, right? No. 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 It didn't? No. No, it was one particular blockchain. Sorry. Can you clarify what you mean got hit? Okay, sorry, sorry. Sorry, the the crash of last week. Did every crypto? Every crypto, yes. Did get hit? Yes. Right, yes. but uh, so there was some that got hit harder than others, and 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 so on. But everybody got hit. Yeah. So when well, you scare me when you say hit, because it's like the security was impacted on other chains. The security wasn't impacted on other chains, but the Luna Foundation was holding reserves of BTC, Ethereum, uh, Phantom, oh, or and some other different they, blockchains. Okay. So they had to liquidate those positions in order to keep their uh, stablecoin pegged at a dollar. <laughs> they tried to, and it failed miserably. So that's why you've seen. And then once the market loses confidence, people start selling. Yeah. So and we're already in a, a troubling, you know, macroeconomic environment, right? So the slightest thing caused the panic, panic sale. So and the reality is the whole market tracks bitcoin bitcoin is the number one from a market cap perspective right now i think it's 735 billion dollars and number two ethereum i think is 400 billion and then number three is it's a stable coin. it drops off considerably yeah, yeah, and then up here on the screen and then number eight market i believe caps. is cardano holy cow look at those numbers man yeah. yeah so these are total market capitalization so it's important to point out i believe this is an american dollars this is an american dollars yeah. what yeah. are your thoughts on xrp xrp is actually a really good blockchain i, I would highly recommend <laughs> having a little position in there so have you ever heard of a system called swift yes 
Perfect. So SWIFT is the banking system in the world that allows, sorry, the banking protocol. It's a protocol that, that allows, allows all the banking systems to, to Communi- talk to each other. Communicate. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I've heard that they're considering switching that to a blockchain driven system and Apparently, rumor on the street is XRP is on the short list. Yeah, so there's a lot of that's that's the, okay. So we live in such a digital age that is there far more rumors that people just spread to create this noise and it becomes white noise. And because I've heard yeah the same thing, I've heard XRP is on that list of potentially could skyrocket. They're in a lawsuit right now with the SEC, SEC. so that's holding them back. I, I know, but SEC should be spending their time with Nancy Pelosi, right? That's what they should be spending their time on, not on that, right? They're like, let's go after real criminals, right? So it's just... How do we control all that chatter? Because there is so much chatter. You can't. You can't, right? You can't control it. And it's part of the traditional finance, the legacy financial system to put out uh, misinformation in order to scare people away from. It's true. So if I'm a big bank and I see people withdrawing uh, millions and millions of dollars from buying BTC, what am I going to say? The criminals use BTC. Pablo Escobar wasn't sleeping on beds of btc he was sleeping on beds of hundred dollar us could bills, you right? imagine if this was the 80s <laughs> mm. and oh, pablo I'm sure they would have used was connected some. to bitcoin and but, like but the problem with bitcoin is it's not so great with criminals because you could see where funds are going on the blockchain it's again it's a distributed ledger and you could follow these transactions to certain accounts right so you could see the movement of large sum of btc to one wallet to another wallet like that's they've, scary. They've, well, it's it's important to point out that Marco, what he's saying, is not only Bitcoin does that, but all blockchains do that. It's blockchain. It's yeah. blockchain. The, you follow the breadcrumbs. The transaction right. never goes away. Yeah. It's a new block of transactions being created, and it's a blockchain because each block is in a chain and it never breaks. Right. That's the and video. it's public public knowledge. Okay, I wanna I wanna try to simplify this as best as we possibly can. Where let's take the average tradesperson here. Because I have spoken on the show several times uh, about how a construction career is fantastic. I, I still believe there's a plateau. I believe that you can only make so much money. I guess back in the days and even today, a lot of tradespeople are buying a property as an income property, creating passive income from sure. that. And that's their go-to skill set that they can potentially make more money on top of their plateau money that they're making as a skilled tradesperson. Now they're dabbling in crypto how would you suggest a tradesperson, let's just say for argument's sake, is making 100K per year, they've got their nine to five job, nine to five, seven to four, whatever job, and then they're working five days a week. How would they get started dabbling in crypto? And how much should they invest into dabbling in the crypto and getting started? Well, I don't know. So I'm not going to say how much money you should invest. Yeah, you but, decide your own. But yeah. the rule of thumb is invest what you're willing to lose. It's no different yes. than the stock market, yes. right? And I would focus on cryptocurrencies that offer a passive income. So, for example, Cardano, when you stake your coins, you earn 5% per year. And what's important is you don't get 5% fiat or, or Canadian dollar. You get 5% of your coins back. So when the price of the coin increases, so does your rewards. Got it. So your 5% really could be 10 or 20% if the price goes through a, uh, an upscale. So it's it's really important to pick projects and blockchains and cryptos that offer these sort of staking mechanisms that can give you rewards. 
I know I keep saying Cardano. I, I apologize. No, if that's what's worked for you and, it, and you see the value in it. Well, it's the value is the fact that he's publicly proven that he's going to, and when I say he, Charles Hoskinson, is designing a system that's going to solve real-world problems. That's that's big for me. Now, I, when, I like when you say real-world problems, so, so I'm assuming this person, like he's a billionaire. Yes. He is a billionaire. Yeah, so I'm assuming. So, so he actually cares about the world and people and society in general. Yeah. Yep. So basically eliminating every government person. He's not one of them, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes, he believes in sovereign and sovereign being sovereign self. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, he's decentralized. decentralized. So what is he looking at? He's looking at trying to stabilize. I get like what kinds of things is he looking? He's trying to create a global financial operating system that is getting rid of the banks making billions of dollars and getting people to control their money. So right now he's starting in Africa because the reality is the African market is very lucrative. What he wants to do is he wants to give everyone access to their own money. And the problem in Africa is not everyone has access to banks. Crime is huge. You know, you walk down the street with some money and you could get robbed. Yeah. Whereas if you have crypto and your money secure, chances of stealing that money is very difficult. There is a project that works in Cardano called World Mobile Token. They're erecting cell towers all around Africa, and they're using that to help people provide utility in their home. So what that looks like is if you buy a World Mobile Token, you can load up your coins in your phone, and you can buy internet for your house, internet time, power for your house, water, anything like that, energy. It's... It's amazing what he's doing. And he's starting out in Africa because he wants to show the world, look what we can do. What's going to happen, in my, I think, is eventually they will start, the world will start to realize that blockchain can be used in far more ways than we can imagine. So if you look at the voting system in the States, let's say, how much money do you think is spent on an election? That's well, stupid. stupid. Over $100 million right. or whatever it is. Yeah. Exactly. You know, counting, security, counting yeah. the vote, security and all that. Well, the reality is if you have a blockchain running your voting system, A, it's secure. B, it's... Follow the money. That's right. But the problem is... But will is, they ever do that? That's, but they probably won't because... You don't want to follow the money. Well, is it corrupt? Another part of why he's going after Africa, I put up a chart here, is inflation. So uh, projected inflation rate in Africa as of 2022, Sudan, 245% inflation. Zimbabwe, 86% inflation. Ethiopia, 34% inflation. Wow. Angola, 23% inflation. Okay, so we don't know what inflation rates are like this because we have a pretty stable uh, banking system. But in Africa, they don't have that luxury. So having Cardano in Africa, essentially, you know, you get a more stable currency that can't just inflate overnight. And the reason why they're going after Africa, because it's a emerging economy, uh, there's more sm smartphone users, like the average smartphone, I think they're on a, they say on average, uh, Apple iPhone three in Africa now. So they have apps that they can access and more, more commonly used, right? So that's why they're going after Africa too. Again, a large percentage of the population is under 30 as well, so more technologically inclined. And Charles Hoskinson, I've heard him say multiple times, he's going after the farmer in Africa who, when he sells his crops, he puts his money in his bank, the next day his, his money is debased by 40%. Like he's, he's, he's in a losing battle all the time. So what they're trying to do trying to do is instill install these uh cryptocurrencies to give more of uh 
a better inflation because inflation in cryptocurrency is usually dictated by the protocol. So is it an inflationary asset or is it a deflationary asset? Bitcoin being a deflationary asset, Ethereum being inflationary. So the, the total supply of the coins always goes up in Ethereum. There's no set cap. And with Bitcoin, it's a set cap. There's 21 million coins. That's it. Every four years, the production of Bitcoin is cut in half. So it's deflationary. There's less and less made every year. There's no political event that could come out and say, hey, guess what? We need to produce another 5 million Bitcoin. Nope. It's not in the protocol. It doesn't exist. Again, that's another power of BTC. And Cardano follows the same. Cardano has a supply of 45 billion. It's a much larger supply. That's why it's at a much lower price because there's just more of it. But there will never be more than that amount. It's, it's, it's accounted for. You know the production of it. You know, it's unlike traditional money, when they want more, they just print it. They just print more. But it just devalues. Bingo. Okay, and so I mean, I, I want to ask you guys, the more I hear about Cardano, the more I hear about him, and the more I hear what he's doing, it's great. He's the hero. He's actually looking at a positive and, situation. And if you want to learn more about him, he has his own YouTube channel, and he often broadcasts AMAs, Ask Me Anythings, at random times of the day. What billionaire does that? I've actually had conversations with him. I've oh, asked wow. him questions, yeah. And if you can go look at all his videos, as a matter of fact, he just posted a video about two or three days ago called something Musings, and it's his take on what's happening in the world right now in terms of crypto. It's 18 minutes of your time. I highly recommend Do you know what his channel it. is called? Just look up Charles Hoskinson on yeah. YouTube, YouTube and you'll find Hoskinson. his channel. So I guess my question is, who's the villain in all this? Because if someone's doing this, someone wants to prevent him from doing this. The governments. Okay, so that's the villain here. All governments? Not all governments. They're not shying away from it anymore. They're, now there's regulation. You're hearing, listen, you don't want to drive away a three, at the max, uh, crypto was $3 trillion. You don't want to drive away a $3 trillion industry away from your country. So China did it. China said, hey, no more hash, uh, sorry, no more uh, mining rigs, which produces hash, right? No more mining rigs in China. We're going to launch our own uh, CBDC, which is a term you'll hear a lot, central bank digital currency. So they have the digital one now. Listen, it, it caused a bit of a dip in the Bitcoin price because the hash rate went away from China. But guess who absorbed it? Texas. A bunch of miners went out to Texas, said, come here. Uh -huh. And the beauty of Bitcoin, people give it a lot of trouble for the consumption of energy. But the cheapest way to mine Bitcoin is searching for the cheapest power source. So people go to where the electricity is cheapest, meaning it's not used. They'll there's rigs, there used to be rigs in Mongolia, I don't know if they change it, but super cheap power, Croatia, Serbia, like all these places are like, hey, come set up your rigs here. We have tons of cheap power, hydroelectric. But Cardano doesn't need it. Yep. No, it's 40,000, uh, there's some crazy number, but it's a ridiculous, 47,000 times more energy efficient Cardano, because it's a proof of stake, not yeah. proof of uh, work, right? You'll always have the Bitcoin maximalists, and that's another thing in the space too. People who are like, BTC is the only thing, everything else is a shit coin is what they call it, right? The Cardano is a shit coin to these Bitcoin maximalists because they believe in, you know, the power. Of, but everybody's, everybody's got noise. Everybody's making noise. So to touch on your point about power, I have some numbers here if you don't mind. Sure. I actually have my own Twitter, like you mentioned, and I often tweet information to, for people to give them context or help them out. And uh, one of the tweets I sent out last year, so Cardano uses six gigawatt hours of electricity per year. Ethereum uses 45 gigawatt hours. 
and Bitcoin uses 129,000 <laughs> gigawatt. I mean, and yeah, again, that is number 26 on the list of top 10, uh, sorry, top 100 companies in between Sweden and Ukraine. Bitcoin uses as much energy as Sweden and Ukraine to secure the That's network. That's crazy. So when you're investing in projects, and I'm a tradesman, and back to that, like if I'm a tradesman, there's some key metrics I'm looking at when I'm investing. First of all, if you go to your local investment advisor at, at Edward Jones, they're going to say, don't touch cryptocurrency. It's too volatile. Understood. And none of this is financial advice. Nothing Sean said, nothing I said is financial advice. It's always do your own research. Of that's, course, everybody that's should. Absolutely. So there's certain metrics you want to look at. For instance, is it a proof of work? Or is it a proof of stake? Is it high energy consuming? Is it low energy consuming? And where's the movement heading, right? Everything is, everything's, everyone's trying to be greener, uh, environment and so on and so forth. Europe actually, the Europe uh, economic forum, recently put a bunch of regulations, proof of work blockchains. They wanna migrate towards proof of stake because it's more energy efficient, right? There's chains like Algorand too, which is another popular one, mm -hmm, uh, popular. invented by Silvio Macaulay. He's a, a Sicilian guy actually, one of the best mathematicians in the space. But he, Algorand's very green and that's all they talk about is how green they are. They These do, are, are they doing that because of how non-green Bitcoin is? Is if that what they're they doing? They see a weakness and they're going after it. Uh, I think so. I could see that weakness clearly, right? Uh, I, it's I mean, the reality is if the whole point of creating a blockchain is to create a, di a distributed system that everyone can use, a global financial system, every, we need it. We really do. And the reason why they go for proof of work, though, and a huge, like, the, listen, this is all computer science at the end of the day. A computer scientist will sit here and tell you that proof of work is far more secure, right? When you create a blockchain, there's three there's a three pillar system here. It's, it's security, scalability, security, scalability, and interoperability. Yeah, interoperability. But security and scalability are huge things. And sometimes you have to like give a little to get a little. Like mm -hmm. you might have to give up a little bit of scalability. So your blockchain will be really slow, but it's very secure, right? So to solve the trilemma is to be a little bit of all three, right? Is And nobody's found that balance yet. Like Cardano, gets a lot of criticism because it was really slow to market because it's the first peer-reviewed blockchain, right? By first peer-reviewed blockchain. Slow to market on based on what standards? Like Bitcoin based on, standards? Based, based on, on crypto and theory. technology standards. Technology yeah. is like make things, break things, and then fix it on the run. Like you're building a plane in the sky while it's flying. Yeah. The wing doesn't work. You know, you're replacing it with a new wing while you're in the sky flying. That's <laughs> insane. Crypto, uh, Cardano took a long-term approach, a, a scholarly approach. Again, 100 peer-reviewed papers. Other PhDs are reading these papers, scrutinizing them, changing them until they got it right. Then they launched the system. Also with Cardano, the programming language is Haskell. I don't, I'm not a programmer. I don't know a lot about programming, but Haskell is the programming language that a lot of banks use, right? Mm -hmm. So the banks, so they went with Haskell, but the problem with Haskell, again, there's fewer developers. If they went on C++ or Rust, which are two other languages, they would have much more development much more development and many more developers working on the chain, speeding things up. But they said, listen, we're going to forego that. Haskell is the fastest. When uh, Sean was talking about DeFi before, yeah, these Mark, are some Mark of the- Mark's got all these charts up. Eh? Yeah, like, yeah, this is very cow. important stuff and very important stuff to talk about because you think about DeFi and they're like, hey, come put your money in our system and we'll pay you 12% return. But we're, uh, these are top 10 DeFi hacks, right? For example, the biggest one was let's go to number one, Poly Network, $611 million evaporated into thin air from hackers, right? Hackers, really? 
yeah, hackers, there's, hackers are still a threat, right? Axie Infinity was a big one. Ronin, 552 million. We're talking about $10 billion in DeFi hacks in the past couple of years. On the so, Ethereum network. On the Ethereum network. So, so I go the, back to, where is this money? It's in a hacker. Ethereum, so uh, Luna was a different thing. That went to people just selling, 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 selling it right down. But to all the this hacking stuff. This hacking went to an actual group of hackers. Now there's, there's good hackers and bad hackers. Good hackers will give you the money back for a reward. Bad hackers will just completely steal the money and it's gone. A few of these projects got their money back because they were white hat hackers, which are hackers that are like... <laughs> they're, they're, oh, I know. I'm just learning about the white, the gray, the black hat and all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah. Do so, they have a toll-free number I can give them a call? <laughs> no, no. They, they already know your phone number. So, yeah. So, just things to be aware of. Like, if you're going to invest in a chain, look up that chain and hacks and just see what has happened on the network. Like, right now, Cardano hasn't had any hacks. Again, they've just started the, their DeFi platform. I'm sure hacks will come because... You never know, right? You have to be super careful. Or this is not. all emerging technology. I hope it doesn't because Haskell, they're saying, you know, but you have to be careful and you can't overinvest. And that's why, you know, a lot of people recommend 5%, 10% don't exceed that amount, you know, like. Uh, but I mean, Sean, you said it earlier. It made a lot of sense. Just invest what you're willing to lose. Exactly. exactly. That's correct. Yep. Right. Okay. Two questions for you guys. I just um, tax. Mm -hmm. there, there's taxes attached to this mm -hmm. somehow. Mm -hmm. And second. What's with all the idiots on social media just living the Bitcoin crypto life and they're younger than my shoes and they're driving around in the most expensive? Are they just portraying the lifestyle? Are they actually living this lifestyle or what's going on there? A lot of young kids got into Bitcoin when it was fractions of a penny or even a penny, let's say. And so in 2010, uh, Bitcoin was like a penny mm. and they... Some guys bought thousands of these, sat on them, and five, six, ten years later, you're literally sitting on hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. It's not to say that there are other people who have made a lot of money on joke coins. Like, there's that one guy who put, like, $5,000 into Shiba Inu back in October. And it was a wild bet. I personally would never do it. As a matter of fact, I had a client who wanted to put a lot of money into some joke coins, and I'm like, just... Put a little bit, you know. So that guy put a five thousand dollars into uh, Shibinu, and then Shibinu skyrocketed about I'm gonna say six months ago, four months ago, or something like that. And he made like I think it was nine hundred and eighty million dollars. Yes. But from a five thousand dollar investment. Yes. So it's just it's, it's lightning in a bottle. It's being shark shark attacked. It's yeah. just And his his problem was his centralized exchange where he had all his money wouldn't allow him to withdraw withdraw so they capped it at fifty thousand dollars a day can you imagine having that problem <laughs> <laughs> and taking imagine? 50 grand out per day, per day until you get to 900 million yeah <laughs> it's crazy your so, own personal I, atm I, man I, I, listen i i tell anyone who wants to invest in crypto diversify and have one meme coin or joy coin where you put like 5% of your total investment. Because the reality is you never know. Just play. You just play. That's exactly, I call it a gamble. Have yeah. one gamble, you know? No different than stocks. Exactly. You always, it's asset allocation. Yep. So you just, you just figure out your bucket. You figure out what you want to put in save. You, you take a little bit of risk, put in something else. Yep. Because you never know that risk might pay off. Yep. But it's only, it's 5% or, you know? So to touch back on what you said about people investing the 
the reality is a lot of people just want to invest in crypto because they want to make money. That's the truth. They think it's a get rich quick. That they think it's, it's a get rich a quick. Get but rich that's quick. the presentation that we see from social media. Absolutely. And it's scary because one of the most important principles in investing is discipline, right? Mm. You, you buy it, for instance, the board yacht, ape club, ape club is a big one. Like you hear about these all the time, the original mint price, which the original cost of a NFT board apes, they're called $190 while they're selling for 350,000. So if you bought one of these board apes originally a year ago or whatever it was, it would cost you $190 and you could sell it today for $350,000. So you hear these stories and you're like, you start buying NFTs like crazy. And all of a sudden, all your investments are in NFTs. And NFTs is a whole nother world. And if you want to do some research, there's tons of YouTube videos on NFTs. But, but Sean's N really good with NFTs. Yeah, NFTs are not just about monkeys. No, N no. NFTs can be music. It could be events. Tickets, yeah. They could start your car. They're for yes. car rentals now. They're property deeds. They're medical records. Like there's there's going to be a whole nother. And that's case. leading to the whole metaverse thing where you start getting into Snoop Dogg and his sandbox and yes. all this. So fun fact, actually, Snoop Dogg just partnered with Cardano. Did he really? He did. He okay. partnered with an NFT platform called uh, The Claymates. And he's coming out with the Claymate metaverse through like Baked Nation, they called it. And uh, there was another one. I forget what it's called. Uh, Baked Nation and I forget what it's called. There's three yeah, different so metaverses. Snoop Dogg's all over the crypto scene and the NFTs. And yeah, yeah, there's a lot of celebrities that are buying NFTs now. It's like it's a massive. Uh, it's a massive. So thing. there was one that someone sent me recently because I, I personally am not a fan of older Madonna. Yes. I just, you know where I'm going with this, right? Uh, I, I just think that at a certain age, rock stars should just turn it in and sit down. And there, yeah, her, her vagina is being sold as an <laughs> NFT. Yes. So that artist, I, I'm trying to figure out the artist's name, but he's the I'm trying. Uh, he's the one that does a, a, an NFT per day and sells it. Oh, that's Beeple. Beeple, that's yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, is he the artist that's actually painting her I'm vagina? Not, I'm not sure. And so she's yeah. selling her vagina now as an NFT, and I'm like, okay, there's certain yes, investments that. Yeah, is is it? Yeah, it's uh, Beeple. Yeah, that's what I thought, right? So I, I'm gonna be crystal clear. When I first got into crypto a year ago, I dabbled in Ethereum NFTs. And I didn't like the experience. It was very difficult and incredibly expensive. So on the Ethereum, here's something we didn't talk about with blockchain. But in, in Ethereum, because it's a proof-of-work blockchain, anytime you do a transaction, you have to pay what's called a gas fee. And that's a yes. tax on the electricity used yes. to secure the blockchain. So to kind of put that into perspective, I had a client reach out. They wanted to buy a joke coin, Satama, I think it was called. And they said, here's 200 bucks. Go buy me some coins. So I, I took the 200 bucks. I converted it to Ethereum. I bought Satama. And it turned out that I bought $8 worth of coins and $192 was taxes. <laughs> and the crazy part with the proof-of-work blockchain like Ethereum is even if your transaction fails, you still pay the taxes. Really? Yes. yes. And Cardano has fixed that. Like newer blockchains have fixed that, but it, it is a big problem. And these are again other other things you have to research when yes. investing in certain yes. the even, fees. Even in DeFi protocols, you know, with in, on Ethereum, you invest your money, and then if you want to move your money out of that protocol, you have to pay, pay a gas, gas fee of yeah. four hundred dollars or yeah. three hundred dollars. There's people who are paying three hundred dollar gas fee on a hundred dollar transact on a hundred dollars worth of 
uh, Ethereum. Like, yeah. There was there was that's a recent... not the future of finance that we're talking about yes. here, right? Like, so we're starting to get lost. But the guys who invested early in Ethereum at twenty six cents, Ethereum's now two thousand dollars US. They don't care. They'll pay those gas fees. But if you're the new guy buying in, that's a lot. It is. But there's guys who bought ten thousand at twenty six cents who are now sitting at ten thousand at two thousand dollars that are generational wealth. They, they've created gener generational wealth for themselves. So it's just it's really crazy. You got to research, research, research. There's a new there's a metaverse that. So let's talk about metaverse quickly. So metaverse is a term, a buzzword that's everyone uses. Everybody's everyone's using it. it. And there's not just one metaverse. No. Let's be honest. There's there's everyone's trying to come out with their own metaverse, right? Board yacht. I think it's the board yacht ape club. They came up with the ape coin. I think it was metaverse or something, and they released land plots. Yes. And. A whole bunch of people tried to buy it because Board Yacht Ape is, is popular. Well, the blockchain couldn't handle that influx of transactions, and all these people's transactions failed, and people lost millions of dollars in gas fees. Yeah. That wow. blows my mind. We're and, still early. It's still and to, early put, technology. to put into perspective with Cardano, every transaction, regardless of the money, costs 0.17 coin, which in today's value is literally 20 cents any transaction and if it fails you don't pay that yeah you don't pay anything you don't pay and they're the only blockchain that's like that everything else there has are other blockchains that work similar. on that yes okay. there are but Algorand, they're not as decentralized but they're not, they're not as, as that's right. secure that's right that's so right. you got again you got to weigh so out you go security. back to the card where he's basically creating he's solving all the problems that have that people have with others so cardano actually also has the world's largest decentralized innovation fund and what I mean by that is Cardano and Charles makes it clear they've designed systems. They design framework of systems and operating and they don't design the apps. That's kind of like uh, buying Microsoft Windows with just Windows, no Office and all that. He looks to the community to build the app. So what he does is going back to the transaction of 0 0.178 at 20 cents. Anytime that, that transaction is charged, it goes into a treasury. And that treasury is the decentralized innovation fund. And I think currently it's at $800 million, I believe. And it's going to be used for what purpose? Can I so, make a quick point? Please. Yeah. Point. So the creator of the internet didn't create Instagram, right? The creator of the uh, internet created the internet. And then developers created Instagram, Twitter, the program, Instagram. Twitter, yep. all these different yep. platforms. So that's the idea behind Cardano. They created the blockchain, the base layer. Now they're funding which is part of the token uh, tokenomics of the blockchain. They're funding people. If you put, put a proposal forward there uh, with a great idea, they'll al allocate money towards your project so that you could come up with your own Instagram on the blockchain. And that's where that funding. So, so that, that, this program is called the catalyst the catalyst okay. program. So every three months or something like that, they tell the world, okay, world submit your proposals. There's a whole process documents to fill out and all that. Tell us your problem statement, what you're going to solve and how much money you want. Here's the beautiful thing. If you own Cardano, you have the power to vote on which app wins. It's decentralized. Not the company because it's decentralized. Yeah. Charles huh. want, the idea with Charles Hoskins is one day he wants to walk away from it to make it truly decentralized. Again, people say, oh, that's not decentralized because there's a head figure, Charles Hoskinson. And BTC has the beauty of Satoshi Nakamoto. No one knows who he is. So the idea with Cardano is to achieve full decentralization is that there's no head figure. He wants Making to, decisions. Making decisions. He wants to kind of release the blockchain and just 
let the community govern itself. Which is where we're at right now. He's made it publicly clear that if he died or got killed, it would still keep going. Mm. We're at that point now where it's decentralized. Yes, yeah. the blockchain would never stop. That's correct. So right now we're at Catalyst Eight, I believe, and people submit their proposals. And me as a Cardano holder and a staker, I have the power to go and vote on which projects I like. And at the end of the the fund, uh, I think it's a week or so. I can't remember the exact length of time it goes on. They're tallied and whoever gets the highest votes gets part of the stretch so it doesn't matter if you own one or if you own a thousand of them you still get a vote so this or is, is there a minimum we, so a this minimum. is where we call a proof of stake so the more cardano so in cardano the cardano coin is called ada so the more ada you have the more strength your vote i don't really necessarily agree with that but that's the way the system is dying that's a different conversation Got but it. but the, the the point is is the decision making is done by the people, not the company. And there are some really amazing stuff being built right now. Going to what Marco was saying, that's the problem Cardano's right ha having right now is the language that's used to design it is very difficult to learn and very complicated. So people are slowly building, slowly, slowly. Cardano has smart contracts now, despite what people say, but it's 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 a revolutionary blockchain and, and i say this before and i'll say it again cardano is designed to become a global financial operating system it will happen if you watch his videos and read about it and what he's doing and what his goals are and intentions and his, and his integrity and it just it will blow your mind blow your mind yeah when i no, first no discovered one's perfect though no one's true. perfect and he it's has true. his flaws too yeah, like, of course we don't want to idolize anyone no, or put no. anyone on that platform because everyone has their flaws and this and that but but I agree, his intentions do seem like they're, they're headed in the right direction and there's so much scrutiny, right? There's so many people that watch every decision that's made. So, you know, like if the community wanted to take over on a certain part of the project, they would. And these, and again, this is part of the decentralized nature, nature of the blockchain. And, and they're learning too, right? Yeah. Like they're building them. Yeah, we're in the early stages. That's yeah, we're right. still in the early stages. We're talking about separating money from state so years ago you heard uh removing religion from state church and state right yeah so so now you're talking about removing money from state and this is a big deal like this is the first time in history well private money has existed in the past but i don't even want to go into that but uh now it's like a whole new whirlwind right so we're still early you could pick a winner you could pick a loser you want to be careful you want to do your research very very uh, so back to Taxes. We're here in Canada, so we have the CRA. Mm -hmm. It's just personal income at that point. If you sell, if you actually uh, sell your Bitcoin, whatever you chose in your crypto, that's considered income, and now you have to be taxed on that, right? As well as your rewards, your staking rewards that you get. Yeah. It's called is considered capital gains. So it's just purely you get yeah yeah you get in tax on the capital gains of whatever you get. Yep. So for my experience with taxes. When I recently did my tax report, I found it interesting that the tax... So if I bought $1,000 worth of coins on an, a centralized exchange, as soon as those coins left the exchange, they consider that a plus or a minus, depending on the value of that coin when it left. Okay. I found that really interesting. And my accountant still had to wrap his head around This that. is what CRA is saying? Uh, yes, yes. This is what the report is saying, sorry, that you generate through... I use a program called Coinly. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're, the reality is CRA is still trying to figure all this out. To make it simple, 
track your investments. If you buy a coin and you sell a coin, track that. And, and understand how much money you made or lost because if you can claim a gain, you can claim a loss, right? And then your staking rewards that I was talking about, that's also taxable as well. There's quick things to do to find out how much tax you need to pay on your staking rewards. I have a great tweet that walks people how to do that. You literally can get your tax report on your rewards in Cardano in like two minutes, maybe tops. I highly recommend a program called Coinly. As a matter of fact, on my website, a3ccryptoclub.com, I have a section there called safe links. Um, it's very notorious for people around the world in the crypto space to create links to what looks like legit sites or legit exchanges, but they're fake. And you type in all your information and then your seed freight, and before you know it, your money's gone. And yeah, so, we were going to get into that, man, oh, because yeah. uh, there is a lot of the ability, like even if you start getting into a, a, a I guess, a brokerage or whatever you're going to call it, like where you're purchasing your crypto. An exchange. An exchange, right? Mm -hmm. There's a chance that they could interject the verification process for you to do your final connection. So when you're actually connecting your bank account to your exchange, you have to verify it first. You could have a Trojan horse or a virus exactly. on your computer yeah. that could do any sort of this phising, if you will, or this information stealing. That is true. My advice would be before you log into any exchange or any sort of crypto platform, vet the link make sure that the link you're going to is legit and that's why i created safe links on my website was to help direct people in the right direction and as a matter of fact that's why i created a3c crypto club to help people around the world and friends and family to make decisions i get calls all the time hey what do you think of this coin what do you think of this project what do you think of this wallet how do i secure this and that's what i do i help people you helped me <laughs> that's how I yeah, actually, that's exactly. But I, I find it really interesting that they're able to, I guess, block or get somehow into your account and you can accidentally just click on a link and you just give up all your, your password, the one that you've chosen so many letters and characters and whatever. And you thought oh, this is a perfect password and then you're just feeding it to somebody. So sure. from a security standpoint, my, high, my recommendation to anyone getting into crypto is you best make sure you're using a device that is not shared by a lot of people, including people that don't really understand the internet or especially kids where we'll click anything, install any software. Yeah. It's, it's important, it's really important. And if you're gonna store a lot of money, you should be using a cold device, a cold storage. A ledger, you're saying? A, a ledger, yeah. A, a lot of people have the misconception that these wallets store your money or your coins, that's not true. These wallets store your seed phrases, your passwords, to uh, allow a transaction on your account, like a bank card, if you will. Okay. There, there, if you ever want to talk about hot wallets and cold wallets, I'm ready when you are. Yeah, no, that we have to get into that because sure. that's, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a reality there, right? Yes. That you have to have this safe, I guess, avenue. Yes. Right? Because, I, I, I mean, I, I recently learned that there's entities out there that are digital investigators that can actually track if you have your bitcoin stolen from you at some point yes. where they can track it like you guys said that there's a there's a chain attached to the whole thing beginning to the end it's right public knowledge exactly yeah. but then it gives you the hackers right where where we talked earlier how that's all they do and i can only assume that their hacking cars are parked at these exchange places 
and just waiting for people to come in to get started. And that's how they somehow get in between the verification process and possibly getting your passwords. I'm going to say no to that. Okay. My, my, so before you buy any crypto, most exchanges are going to need you to verify yourself through 100%. what we call a KYC, uh, know your customer. Yes. Now, when you store your coins on an exchange, the exchange owns your money. So anyone out there who has crypto, if your money's on, let's say, Index or Crypto.com or Binance or KuCoin, you don't own that money. They do. Because if they close down tomorrow... Your money's gone. It's gone. Right? Very and important. Everyone listen. But, <laughs> but again, where is the money? What do you if, mean? If they close down tomorrow. They take it. They take it. And they so, spend it in Ibiza or wherever they yeah. <laughs> so, so Yeah, what, basically, that's so what they do. So how exchanges work is they have one pool. That's a hot exchange. Uh, no. 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 So all exchanges, from my understanding, well, my research, because I kind of researched this. All exchanges do is they have single wallets for each coin. And so, for example, the three of us went to Binance and we bought, let's say, Cardano. All that Cardano you and I bought would go into one pool. And all the exchange needs to do is provide the software to track who owns what. That's the software side. So owners can be like, wow, look at this. We're sitting on millions, if not billions of dollars. Shut down the website liquidate everything let's leave and that's happened it's true it's it's happened turkey top two of the five cryptocurrency exchanges in the world in turkey just said you know what we're gonna do some maintenance close down the owners left with 1.9 billion dollars gone there's a netflix documentary too. trust no one the hunt for the crypto king yeah it's a so north american guy who disappeared so canadian actually oh, so was he canadian he, sorry it was canadian. this is a canadian exchange so this was a what i don't movie. like about i watched this documentary what i don't this. like about it is the landscape of how an exchange is created today is very different than what it was back then what it was back then was like anyone could literally create an exchange and have custodial of the pool of money nowadays it's multiple parties involved checks and balances and yeah i'm on coinsmart and coinsmart is is basically governed by the canadian sec so they they follow a lot more rules like uh it's definitely clause yeah so yeah. is this guy in ibiza or is this guy in concrete they think this guy <laughs> no they think this guy faked his own death he died they said from a stomach virus or from uh, uh, IBS. Irritable, this guy died from irritable bowel syndrome, and he was in control of hundreds of millions of dollars. So two hundreds of billions, hundreds of millions. No. Back then, yeah. it wasn't very popular. Yeah, so he walked. Tree. I'm not gonna say he walked away, but when the exchange closed, it was worth about two hundred and ninety million, if my memory serves me correct. So is there not crime, or like, is there not courts that can go after like the Turkey situation where they just closed down and walked away from it? Or these people just disappear? They disappear. Off they the face of the earth. The owners disappear. <sighs> wow. And this is why people are scared. This is why the investing public is scared. So it's important to talk to people that, you know, have an idea. And, and I'm sure, the like, listen, industries are developing all the time. You know, BlackRock is one of the biggest investment firms in the world. They control $9 trillion in assets. <sighs> They're getting involved in cryptocurrency. 
Uh, that personally makes me nervous, but that's a whole other podcast. Understood, because they, again, whale manipulation and all that yeah, is yeah. tied to it. So there's a lot of research to be done. But I'm just saying, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of infrastructure that's being built around crypto. You're seeing a big brain drain in traditional finance going from traditional finance into cryptos. You're starting to see executives from high finance going over to crypto exchanges and working at Coinbase and all these different uh, amazing crypto exchanges. So. We're looking at uh, this bull run is over. You know, the bull run's over. Everyone knows that the crypto's come down. We're in a we're pretty much in a bear market right now. This and is arguably a, a crypto winter. Crypto winter, yeah. So we could see. What years. exactly does that mean? So crypto winter, like every four years, the the amount of Bitcoin again, the whole market is tied to Bitcoin. So what Bitcoin does, everything else is kind of tied to it, right? So every every four years since the inception, the the amount of Bitcoin mined is cut in half, right? The rewards that are paid are cut in half. Yes. It's called a halving. Yeah, halving event. Yeah, so every four years, there's a halving event. So after the halving event, there seems to be a, a bear market, a winter, crypto winter, right? They call it. Yes, where you'll see, if you look at the chart, you could see it in the chart. You'll just see big spikes, and then you'll see... Uh, so it'd be a good time to buy right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting no financial advice, well, but in, in my opinion, I'll give you financial advice and I'm not a financial in, advisor. In my opinion, <laughs> if you follow a project that you're passionate about and you like, anytime's a good time to buy. It's true. Right. So, yeah, and, yeah. and there are, there are different strategies you can use to beef up your portfolio. So one strategy I like to, I like to talk about is uh, what we call bear traps. So you can set limit orders on yep. your coin. So you can set like a limit order for, Let's say take just take Cardano for example. It's I think it's sixty seven cents right now. You could create a bunch of different orders at fifty cents, forty cents, thirty cents, and just put like two hundred bucks in each one. And if the coin ever goes down to that, boom, you're in orders you initiated. You are in. We call that bear traps, and that's part of a function of DCAing, which is do- dollar cost averaging. So you want to keep buying those dips, right? For me, I'll be honest with you, I'm very passionate about Cardano, and I'll buy it any... If I got some money, I'll buy it. I don't even look at the price. I just buy it. I, I'm, uh, my goal is to invest in the technology, use the technology, and, and help the world, if you will, through creating this Cardano blockchain that's going to help people around the world, let's say. So investment-wise, as a portfolio, is it smart just to stay on the crypto stage or still dabble in the stock exchange and deal with stocks and mutual funds and hedge and everything like that? Or, like, what do you do? It depends on your risk appetite, of course. Like, how much risk are you willing to accept? Well, uh, I mean, the safe investor. If you go the oh, safe... Oh, if you're a safe investor, then... Then stay away from both. Because <laughs> they're very volatile. <laughs> well, now you're you're more into cash than you would be into risk-on assets. Like, yeah. risk-on assets being, you know, technology, crypto, obviously, is a huge one. People are pulling money out of risk-on assets. So... You know, and going into safer uh, metals and things of that nature, oil, chips, uh, computer chips, things of that nature. So I can't speak for that. But, you know, the macro uh, economic environment is telling us there's trouble coming. So we're talking about uh, interest rates are increasing. The Fed has increased the interest rate 50 basis points in the U.S., that has resounding effects. Right. And they're calling for more 50 basis points uh, raises uh, rate hikes in the in the coming months right like what do you do right like you you got to protect yourself okay me my time horizon which is another factor are you expecting to become a millionaire tomorrow or in two years or four years or five years so knowing your time horizon when are you going to need this money you know if you're looking for short-term gains now's not the time you're not going to get your short-term gains i don't think 
you know, unless you're trading some crazy NFTs. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, so take your time and know your time horizon. I think in five years, money is going to be more digital. Are you going to argue with me? I'd love to see you convince me that money is going to be less digital. And do you think it's going to be more decentralized or less uh, or more centralized? I think people are looking for that decentralized option. They're, they don't trust the governments anymore. 40% of U.S. dollars in existence were printed in the last 12 months. Yeah, I saw that too. That's insane. That's insane. It's scary. 40%. It just makes you wonder the value of that dollar. And then Canada is not that far behind it from it as well, right? Yeah, they say inflation's 8% in the U.S., it's not eight. It's almost a, a, a horse race at that point where our inflation rate is compared to theirs. But the problem is that you've got a country that's almost 400 million versus a country that's almost 40 million. Absolutely. We're scary, right? I, I guess, guys, uh, 2009, this all started. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, Bitcoin. Yes. Bitcoin, well, I think, was invented in 2008 and came online in 2009. So where and digital we know as a landscape has always just jumped quickly once it gets started. Where is this going to be five years from now? Like what? I mean, when, when Bitcoin caps out at the 21 million, is it like I think it will cap out in 2134, the year 2134. Well, that's the last Bitcoin will be mined. No, that's no, it's in the code. That's in the code. Oh, wow. Yeah, they know that. So, I mean, what are they predicting the value of that Bitcoin at that point going to be? I, I can assure you that in 2009, that when people were buying Bitcoin for a dollar, they never thought in their wildest dreams a single 50, Bitcoin 000. would be worth $50,000. Never. And Ever. now at 2034, what are they predicting Bitcoin is going to be worth? I've heard 100000 a $1 million, dollars. I've 10, heard, yeah, 20, by 2032, I've heard like uh, the president of ARK Investment, uh, Kathy Wood, she said uh, she's expecting a million dollar Bitcoin by 2032. Like you hear these crazy valuations, right? Million dollars. I've heard five million dollars. You know, you got <laughs> you have some intense valuations. But are but we not like, uh, I mean, can we touch upon it a little bit without getting too political? I mean, isn't the world going to shit in 2030? <laughs> isn't the great reset happening in 2030? Now we're talking about conspiracy theories. Yeah, all that crap, right? <laughs> so it's just, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Yes, yeah, that whole kind of crap. So I just, I'm just trying to figure out. So I mean, ever since I've been introduced to crypto and I've been trying to educate myself and speaking to more and more people like you guys, this is not going away. I've, no. I've had conversations with people where they're saying it's too volatile, it's too scary. I don't know what it is. I don't even know exactly what it is. I don't think it's going to be around anytime soon. And I'm like, you're wrong. I think it's here for state to. For good. So by 2030, we're going to be start looking at what we call fourth generation blockchains, which is a hybrid of proof of work and proof of stake so they can work together seamlessly. Okay. That's a completely different. And now we got to talk uh, when you're talking about the future, we got to start talking about quantum computing. Right. So quantum computing is actually it's a scary thought for a lot of blockchains. And, and I hate to bring up Cardano, but. Charles has made it public knowledge that he has a $66 million a year budget for quantum resistance now. And this is a problem oh. that we'll be facing in, in, in 50 years is when they think they'll have a computer that is strong enough 50 or 100 years. Like this is way far off. So yeah, but quantum resistance is a thing. Like once you get deep in the weeds in crypto, you start talking about qu uh, quantum resistance. Yeah, it, it's, it's a serious problem. Quantum computing is coming whether you like it or not. And we need to start looking at ways to secure blockchains. And Cardano's just doing that. I'm not saying all these other blockchains aren't doing that. I haven't heard them publicly say it. I just know Charles has. And he's made it crystal clear. But have you I, only invested in Cardano or are you also invested in I've that? invested in 
probably in total 27 different projects. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. 84% of my portfolio is Cardano. I really like Cardano. It's, it's, it's amazing. It, it For really all the is. reasons that you've brought up, which that's, make a lot of correct. sense. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So because, and going back to the technology thing, it's really hard to compare blockchain and investing in crypto five years ago, six years ago, 10 years ago compared to today because the technology is fundamentally different. It, it, you just can't compare. So it's important to note that Cardano's not finished building right now. They're, I think they're 80% way through their roadmap. Yeah. Uh, next is governance, actually. And the end of June is we're going through what's called a vassal hard fork. That's when they're going to like really change the speed of the network, side chaining. A lot of people don't like to measure a blockchain in TPS, which is transactions per second. But it does paint a good picture. And what I'll, what I'll say is Bitcoin can handle approximately six or seven transactions per second without slowing down. Ethereum, I think, is 20? I can't remember off the top of my head. Visa is 2,000. <laughs> Cardano is designed to do millions. Because per second. Per second. second yeah. Hydra yeah. is the program that they call it. Hydra. And I think when Most Sean what, talks like, about, when you see Sean that he's been in, uh, in 27 different cryptocurrencies and he's focusing on Cardano so much, it's because... Sean's done a lot of research. And again, when we talk about the, the, tri, the trilemma of cryptocurrency, it, it's actually decentralization, security, and scalability. So when you're investing, think about something that's decentralized, scalable, which means they could improve it rather quickly and make it faster and faster and faster. As, more people, are as more people are onboarded, right? When you talk about global digital currency, you need to have a high TPS transaction per second. And then security. Again, we, we have Haskell as the, as the computing language, right? As the programming language. So security, decentralization, scalability. That's all. I just want to remind people that if you're not, if you, if you say, oh, I don't like Cardano for whatever reason, try and find another project that's attacking these well, issues. Well, do your own homework and look yeah. into it the same way you've done it, right? Where There are a lot of Bitcoin maxis, we call them, who are staunch Bitcoin and there are a lot of Ethereum maxis or staunch Ethereum and Ethereum number one or no Bitcoin number one. Screw you, Algorand. Screw you, Cardano. <laughs> Becomes like a football uh, yeah. hooliganism almost. And, like. and Cardano and Charles, they've made it clear that they don't want to be the number one. They want to be able to create something where everyone can get along. They're, they're chain, they're, they have uh, side chains, which... Cardano can adopt the side chain and seamlessly talk. As a matter of fact, they just came out with the ERC-20 converter. So if you're in Ethereum, you can step into Cardano's world through an ERC-20 converter seamlessly. They invented it. Without having to sell and then buy? Yes. Really? It's genius. As a matter of fact, the ERC-20 converter will even support NFTs on the Ethereum network. So you can take your Ethereum NFT and bring it to Cardano and therefore leaving... Ethereum. Have you ever heard of Singularity Net? No. Do you know the robot Sophia? Have you I, heard of the robot Sophia? I've heard of it. Yeah, she, okay. She was on Jeopardy? Yes, okay. okay. So uh, Sophia is created by a company called Singularity Net, and they run their blockchain on Ethereum. And their goal is to create an artificial intelligence marketplace where any person or company can purchase or rent, let's say, uh, artificial intelligence to help their business. They started realizing that through Ethereum, by using the Ethereum network, their 
transactions are costing too much. It's not feasible. So they step back and they're like, okay, we're a pretty smart company. We need to adopt a blockchain that is energy efficient, can handle a lot of throughput. Because at the end of the day, they're creating a world brain. Guess what they picked? Cardano. Bingo. They've so the trilemma. They, they, yes, they looked at the trilemma. They officially left Ethereum, I think it was six months ago, and have come to Cardano. So why haven't like Buffett and other players in this world, or have they, without publicly acknowledging that they have? You know what I'm saying, right? I, I'm going to let Cardano... Uh, sorry. <laughs> Cardano. I'm going to let Marco... So, because I know question. Buffett's been very vocal about uh, he doesn't touch it. And also, Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary, he says he doesn't touch yes, it either. That was, that was a big, one of the biggest capitulations in the space was Kevin O'Leary coming on saying, oh, Bitcoin's... Uh, you know, I think Warren Buffett called it rat poison. But they... they they were so And he also recently it. did another video where he's like, I told you, I told you, I told you from the crash, right? Absolutely. And they so why it. haven't they? But I get the sense that, okay, these are wealthy individuals and they're rather intelligent individuals. Are they publicly saying this, but they're privately dabbling? Absolutely. Uh, Warren Buffett if you just invested $1 billion in a crypto-friendly bank. And I'm, I think it's SoftBank or something like that. But behind the scenes, some of these guys are investing and they're not telling you. But Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett don't see the value in blockchain. They, they literally said, uh, Warren Buffett, one of his quotes was, I'll buy all the Bitcoin in the world for $25. That's it. Like, they don't see the value. How can you not see the value in something where you can bring $2 billion over a border with you and not have to tell anybody about it? Try doing that with USD. Try doing that with gold. Yeah. Try doing that with platinum. You cannot. All you need is the seed phrase. You need it in your mind or you keep it in your cold storage wallet, cold wallet, and you could transfer wealth over borders. If I'm an El Salvadorian, El Salvador just uh, adopted Bitcoin as a uh, currency. Yeah, I I I remember that. And a a large percentage of their population send money from the U.S. or other countries and send it home. What were they doing before? Using Western Union, losing 15 or 25 percent, whatever the rate is. Now, for 25 cents, I could send it to my cousin in El Salvador, right? So a lot of that wealth is improving the GDP in El Salvador rather than going to Western Union. Now, if I'm Western Union, what's happening at the top? These guys sitting in golden marble offices. You think they like that? No, no they're putting, they're not. spreading misinformation. And okay, this conspiracy theory has sounded a bit crazy, but it makes sense when you really do a deep dive. And you see, again, Warren Buffett has competing interests. These guys have competing interests, and you really have to do a good job at educating yourself. And will we ever know what Warren Buffett's holding, all his investments? No, you won't know all of his investments. But for him to be that opposed to an emerging technology that has proved its its worth, like, I I just don't... It's ironic because, I I mean, Buffett's got a huge stake in Coca-Cola, right? Yes. And Coca-Cola, I think, recently just entered Metaverse. Yeah. And lots of other Nike. Yeah. Uh, So it's also important to note that a lot of these companies we talk about, Microsoft, Coca-Cola, I can assure you a lot of them use blockchain. Of course they do. In their company to help secure whatever information. I, I can pretty much guarantee it. The fact that people like Warren Buffett say, hey, blockchain or Bitcoin's poison. Maybe you got to read between the lines. Maybe he's investing in a different project. Maybe he doesn't just believe in Bitcoin. Maybe he has a bag of Ethereum or a bag of Cardano or a bag of XRP, right? Maybe that's the whole hidden message there. I I don't know. But the fact to disregard the technology. And to see where all these brilliant people are going. Like when you 
these are not like average people. We're talking about some of the most brilliant minds going over and working and focusing their whole lives on cryptocurrency and different uh, innovations in the space, like, and leaving traditional spaces and going into this emerging market. Like, it's something you should pay attention to. If I could give advice to everybody listening is like, if you don't want to invest, that's fine, but do some due diligence. You know, I go to the bank, I talk to a teller at TD Bank not long ago. I'm like, hey man, do you know about cryptocurrency? Anything mm. about crypto? No, uh, we don't sell crypto here. I said, no, that's not what I asked you. I said, do you know what crypto is? No idea. This kid's 22 years old, has no idea what cryptocurrency that's is. That's BS. I was shocked. No, that's BS. Come on. No, I swear. I, I talked to MBAs who are like MBAs, like from really good schools in the US. They don't know what cryptocurrency is. They don't want to invest any time. All I'm saying to everybody is don't just scoff it off. Don't don't just pretend like it doesn't exist because it's growing. It's a, It hit $3 trillion market cap. Gold, if you look at gold, the total tr uh, the total market cap of gold is $10 trillion. Do you think crypto is going to advance its way over to $10 trillion in the next 10 years? Or do you think it's going to decline? I don't think it's going to decline. And I'm willing to bet a lot of money that it's not going to decline. I think it's going to slowly march towards that $10 trillion market cap. What I like to tell people about investing is, is let's keep, let's understand cryptocurrency is a derivative of blockchain technology i personally don't invest in cryptocurrency i invest in blockchain technology so it's important to understand what it is that you're investing in what it does and what it or what it can't do or what it can do there are lots of blockchains out there that provide a good product and they will eventually work together one day like look at coke Pepsi, like there's all these, there's room to grow. There's rooms for everyone to get well, along. Well, they're all corporations that are not going anywhere. That's right. And if they're not going anywhere, it's just, it's society. Yes. If you don't adapt, yes. you get buried. Yep. That's and, right. And that, I mean, we saw that with Netflix and Blockbuster and we're currently seeing it with Netflix, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're paying attention to the landscape. You Just because you're the high person on the totem pole, it doesn't mean that you're protected by everything, mm -hmm. but you have to adapt. So... I agree with you guys that crypto is not going anywhere. The value of crypto is going to go. No. I definitely see no different than, than in Africa how we'll get to a, a point in North America where you'll have your wallet and you'll pay in crypto. You'll, you'll provide a service. It in Africa now. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's, gonna, it's probably a testing ground at that point. And there's a reason why this is all going on. And so they're figuring it out. Absolutely. And you're hearing more and more like in the 2017 bull run, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of retail investment, but you weren't seeing institutional investment. So this recent bull run in 2021, you see a lot of institutional investment, which Tesla was the big one that got me into the space where they moved one point five billion dollars worth of their balance sheet into Bitcoin. Right. So now you're starting to see JP Morgan, the famous JP Morgan, which is Jamie Dimon is the CEO of JP Morgan, the bank. He came out years ago and said, again, Bitcoin's trash, Bitcoin's trash, Bitcoin's trash. Now, oh, uh, JP Morgan is all about Bitcoin. We're going to offer it to our clients. Which, Wasn't JP Morgan bailed out in 2009? Yes, they were. They were, they were one of the big banks bailed out, bailed out. So Deutsche Bank, too, big, massive conglomerate bank. Bitcoin's garbage. Now they've capitulated and come over. We were talking about Mr. Wonderful. Kevin O'Leary said Bitcoin's garbage. Then he said, you know what? It's a good idea to have some exposure to uh, cryptocurrencies. I'm, I personally own 5% of my net worth is in crypto. Yeah, that's true. Now, recently, what do you say? 10% of my net worth. Where are things trending towards? You know, you talk to my dad, who's 70 years old, Italian guy. All he wants to do is grow tomatoes and cucumbers. <laughs> he doesn't care about, like, I try and explain to him. He's like, 
don't even talk to me about this. What are you talking about? They, Money's they, in my they hand. They can't wrap talk. their head around it. Absolutely. And, and that's fair, you know. And, but for, for if you're under the age of, you know, 65, 60, I would take a look at it and just give it an honest shot and, uh, and start talking about it because it, it, it's not going away. So, so what happened with – sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say – First generation blockchain like Bitcoin, all it does is it stores the transactions. That's it. It stores the transactions in the blocks, and that's it. it stores people's money. Keeps you fast forward to, pardon me? Keeps the ledger. Yeah. It keeps the ledger. That's right. You fast forward to the third generation blockchain like the Cardano and Algorand, and you, you, you can store anything. Data. Uh, they're contracts. Gonna be contracts. Smart contracts. Smart con they're going to be looking at uh, creating DIDs, digital IDs where your entire existence is stored on the blockchain, your health card, your banking information. and a you have, scary, you know? Yeah, some people are scared of it, but it, you own it. A corporation doesn't own it. That's right. You own That's it. the point. You control your data, not the bank, not the credit card company, not, not your health card, not the government. Google. You control it, not Google. Google has all your information already. Yeah, you control your own data. Yeah. Who has access to it? That's the point. But there's still that fear that someone can access that. At some point, blockchain's unhackable. It's I, never, yeah. Right now, it's, it's, I know there's always a maybe, what if quantum computing, sure, but as it stands right now, blockchain's unhackable. You can't, you just can't. There's not enough computing power and money to do it. Now, what was that thing about Musk and Deutschcoin where he was playing around with it a few years back? Two years back, was it? And I guess why didn't he just move? It just seemed like a natural progression to move Bitcoin into purchasing Teslas. Or having some sort of connection with Tesla's, no? We will never know why he did what he did. Okay. I I questioned it because why would someone who owns a company whose mission statement is to get the world on renewable energy invest in a blockchain that uses oodles amount of energy? It didn't make any sense yes. to me. So I think there are things in play in the background that we just don't. We'll yeah, never he's understand. A, he's an interesting guy, and he there was some event where he's asked about dogecoin and dogecoin was created literally as a joke and elon musk found some beauty and poetry in the fact that dogecoin was a joke and he wanted to like be like oh you guys take btc too seriously i'm gonna go the doge way right and also i think doge does have some tps advantages like they have a fast transaction throughput there are some things to doge that worked for his like Worked in his case, but yeah, he's. Uh, it was. It kind of made sense that he would choose well, Cardano, right? It, it does make sense, and I I have seen pictures and proof that Charles and Elon know each other. I think it's inevitable that one day Tesla will announce that they're accepting the likelihood of Cardano or even Ethereum or maybe even Bitcoin. It could happen. Totally. Uh, Amazon will announce one day the cryptocurrencies that they're going to accept. That's going to happen. Yep, yeah, I agree. Dogecoin, to go to your question, Dogecoin is actually a copy of Bitcoin. It's a forked Bitcoin code. It's literally a copy. And it uses what we call as an accounting model. Basically, it, it, I'm, not, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna save the details. There's two types of models for, for a distributed ledger. There's an accounting model and an EUTXO model. So an EUTXO model is what Cardano is. And basically, it tracks the transactions through unspent not spent hence the etu so e is i think is enhanced unspent transaction information or something like that okay it's a different way to track things and people said the you know it's a more efficient way but people said it couldn't be done and he's now done it 
to answer your question about why Elon picked Dogecoin, I think what Marco's right. It was more of just a a joke for the people and, and publicity. He's all about publicity. Yeah, yeah he's I, so I, good. I strongly he's believe that. I or who knows? Maybe he's got a bag of a billion of them. Who knows? Yeah, and the, the and that's what you gotta watch out for. There's a lot of YouTube scammers that will oh. hey, you gotta follow the newest uh, Squid Game coin or whatever the case oh. may be. They'll buy two hundred thousand dollars of a certain coin. Then they'll go out and say, hey, buy this ABC coin. It's the next thing, blah, 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 blah. Once they put the video out, 20 minutes later, it got 200,000 views. Then those 200,000 viewers, even if 5% go buy into it, and then boom, that guy sells that $200,000 worth of that ABC coin, right? So please, when you're watching YouTube videos, because it's the wild, wild west out there, there's not enough regulation on it. Now regulation is coming to stop these people from making video, buying into a project, making a video, and then dumping it. Because you can literally track these purchases and sales. So I don't know why they do it. They're crazy. These are the idiots that are on DMs on social media reaching out to you. No, these no. are some YouTubers that you trust that are giving good information. Like, like, oh, Bitboy. Wow. like, like Crypto. Huh? Bitboy. Bitboy, Crypto ran. Oh, wow. They've been accused of these things. If you get into the weeds on YouTube, uh, Crypto YouTube, you'll know these guys. But they've been accused of these things. So, again, these are just another caution. It's like, don't buy into every project that you see just because so-and-so YouTubers on it. Again, do your own research look into it the, you know listen to some podcasts there are people who have made a lot of money on situations like that where they bought something that someone recommended like a joke coin or a new coin that's coming out if you're getting your crypto investing advice from a youtube influencer there's a high probability you're not going to make it because those people are shilling something that they have a pre pre ico initial coin offering investment in at a really low price pumping the price and like marco said dumping it they just dump tin it on men. retail yeah yes. that's all it is yeah I, I personally wouldn't use YouTubers to influence your investing. Just do your research on different platforms and just get your, like, do as much research as possible. Well, yes. Do your own research. That's and, all it and, is. And, you know, fire me off an email or contact me. On so what exactly do you, like, Sean, what do you provide? You're providing advice or you're providing guidance to people that want to get into this scape? Like, yep. is that, yeah. So, so. Back to my story when I was telling people about investing in cryptocurrency, uh, sorry, investing in Cardano. This is a very good opportunity. I told everyone part of their staking mechanism to stake your coins and get your 5% was to stake your coins on what we call a wallet called Exodus. And it's literally a click of a button. You stake your coins and you're golden. But at the time, I didn't realize that that's not promoting decentralization. So I literally told hundreds of people to do this. And what that means is, so Exodus owns a whole bunch of stake pools in one part of the country. That's not decentralization, yeah. right? And I, when I realized this, I'm like, you know what? I got to create my own stake pool. So I did that. I created my own stake pool and I started telling everyone, support Cardano's decentralization stake with me. Come, come to, or, or pick another pool. I don't care. Pick a pool that promotes clean water or, or anything like that. So because my stake pool is running AWS, it's running the Amazon Web Cloud, I pay a monthly fee. It's a lot of money. So a lot of the rewards that I get from my stake pool, I don't have the luxury of donating or going to a cause. So what I do is I use that money to pay for the fees and I donate my time to help me. That's my mission. That's okay. my stake pool's mission, to help people make informative decisions. 
people call me. They say, hey, Sean, I, I got this money. I want to buy this. How do I do it? How do I secure it? What about this project? What do you think of this project? What do you think of this coin? And I just give my opinion. It's not financial advice, but at least with me, you know, I'm not going to try and scam you. I'm not going to tell you, hey, invest in this project because I've, I'm invested in a person. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be honest. Are you finding more people are coming to you with already some research behind it? Or they're just starting right clean slate, scratch, and contacting you? A mixed bag. A mixed bag, I'd yeah. say a mixed bag, yeah. It's a lot of word of mouth. Uh, I even help people. Like some people don't want, they want to be hands off. So I will be their custodian. I'll help them hold their crypto. I have some clients and stuff and I help them. That's literally what I do. It all, this all, what's really cool about this whole A3C Crypto Club is it, I didn't sit there and think, how can I make money? It, it all happened organically. I told friends and family, hey, buy the, and friends are like, I don't want to, I don't know how to do this. I don't want to learn. Here's a bit of money. Help me out. Do it for me. And before you knew it, wow, I got all these custodial and, and I know how to secure seed phrases and, and uh, security uh, deposit boxes and uh, ledgers. And I've learned all that. And, and I have a very good fundamental understanding of not only the blockchain, but how to secure it how to navigate through the space and it, it's 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 a lot of fun it really is yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun and you know what it beats fantasy football it beats <laughs> fantasy hockey i can't think of a better way start a twitter account get on crypto twitter follow a few decent youtubers i'll name two uh, ben cohen and cryptos are us those are two good channels that i've found that have worked for me so yeah, Sean and Sean, I'm living testament because I was looking for a stake pool. I was, I had my money in a stake pool in Ireland. I didn't know anybody. I was going to, you know, it was such a wild west back in the day. I found Sean. I gave him a call. He was from Guelph, Ontario. I'm like, Hey Sean, like I wanted to know there was someone I could go see in case anything happened to my money essentially. <laughs> and Sean was like, yeah, man. He's like, da, da, da. he gave me the whole rundown. I did a ton of research. I have a finance background. I was able to do a lot of research on my own, but Sean really helped me out, and uh, and he is an honest guy. He takes calls, he helps people. It, honestly, I feel like I'm 1950 when you're dealing with Sean because he's just an honest guy. I'll give you his opinion. Of just course. customer service. I, I, it's I customer actually, service. I actually spend a lot of time meeting with other stake pool operators, projects, and giving them free branding and marketing and social media advice just going through their ecosystem. And I've spent hours and hours on the phone, um, Google Meets and telling people ideas and all that. I've met NFT project and artists and give them ideas. They're like, oh my God, that's such a good, I have a team of developers that didn't even think of that. I've been on the phone with you for 15 minutes and you're changing my, my roadmap. Like, oh, thank you so much. And that's just my- uh, Network, it's just- Yeah, and I'm networking. I've met other people. As a matter of fact, I even met, uh, Nah, I don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> Off mic. A, a music, a music producer who was famous with with someone, and he helped me. I helped him, and it was really cool. It's such, it, the network is incredible. Meeting the people around the world and. It's it's a lot of fun. It really is. And and I was telling you off mic. I had met someone in Australia, who was unfortunately diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer yeah. and he wanted to invest in crypto for his kids and his family in the future because he didn't know how long he had he did a little bit of research and you know word on the street was hey this sean guy's pretty trustworthy give him a call so he emailed me and i met and we met on google meet and i literally walked him through everything and i see 
what the cancer had done to him and his cognitive ability. And it was really hard. He had a three-month-old and a oh. three-year-old. And it, it was hard. It, honestly, yeah. I was talking to this guy and tears were coming down my eye. Like, it was so... Like, he, he couldn't understand... He didn't understand the things I was explaining to him. So he literally said, Sean, here, take my computer. Do what you got to do. I, I can't, I'm having a hard time keeping up. And he trusted me. And it just made me feel so good about myself. It really did. And yeah, and I just pay it forward by helping people and explaining how to get into it at, at work. I, people, they call me Mr. Crypto at work. It's really <laughs> funny. Um, and they need help getting into it safely. They want to invest and all that. And I show them. I teach them. But there is a lot of volatility, right? So it's just yes. how are you handling speaking to your, I guess, call them clients yep. with the losses? Like yep. how do you explain? So you don't lose until you sell. I want right? that to be clear because a lot of people that are against crypto or any kind of investment, you have not lost until you've sold. That's right. Right. And you have not gained until you've sold. That's true. Right. Yeah. So 100%. up until then, it's just numbers on a piece of paper yep. for argument's sake. Right. Yep. So that's exactly it. You don't lose until you sell. If you buy at the height of a bull market and you sell in a bear market. So you, if you buy when the market's up and you sell when the market's down, you, you, doing you realize the losses. Yeah. You, you know, buy <laughs> high, sell low. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to buy low, sell that's high. That's a quick right? lesson. So now, now, exactly. Now that the market's low and we're in the, uh, a bear market, right? Bear markets don't last forever. This is when whales are accumulating. You'll see uh, a lot of statistics point to that. Big time money is moving now. Big time money is buying Bitcoin at $28,000. Big time money. Uh, I, I seen a report today actually about Cardano whales accumulating massive amounts of cardano you know like it's an exciting time if you have dry powder like if you have money on the side but the problem is when you keep buying the dips you know you kind of like uh, you kind of ruin it so dollar cost averaging is a very very useful tool and over time you you end up making a lot of money dollar cost averaging because they say you don't know when the bear market and bull market is going to start sorry bear and bull is going to start and end right and they say the most profitable months are the first two months at the beginning of a bull cycle. But the problem is you don't, you can't time the bull cycle, right? So dollar cost averaging is a, is a useful method because you're just adding as you go. You know, every two weeks you throw in a hundred bucks or 200 bucks, or if you wanna make some bigger purchases every two weeks. And if you go the course of three years, four years, you know, you're gonna have some, some returns. I think there's a st statistic, uh, something like no one's ever lost money holding Bitcoin for four years, right? <laughs> But if you buy it for one year and you happen to buy it at the peak of the bull cycle in 2017 and you sold in 2019, like one of my neighbors, and you lost a whole bunch of money, yeah, it's not such a great idea, right? Like, so. But if you would have held on to but it. But if you would have just held. But the problem is people want to get rich quick. This is not. Crypto mm -hmm. is not a get rich quick scheme. But that's, it's the, not. that's the impression that. I get it because it's all Lambos. Because yeah. it can boys. Be. They're yeah. called moon boys, right? They're yeah. moon boys. They're driving Lamborghinis. And there are a bunch of guys driving Lamborghinis that invested very small amounts of money and made it big. But you are not them. You are. Consider yourself. You know, you're not the exception to the rule. You know, you're not. So just, it's realistic to look at this as an investment for your retirement oh. or is it realistic to look at this as a quick investment? I don't recommend anyone invest any amount of money as a way to get rich quick. I recommend people to buy, if they're going to invest in crypto, I would recommend people to look to at least one to f three years, yeah. maybe even four.
yeah, you'll. I agree. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to add something for your listeners in case there's a lot of talk about bear market and bull market. Maybe people don't know what that is. Yeah, for sure. So a bear market is when the markets are going down and a bull market is when the markets go up. Uh, we just refer to those as bear and bull. That's it. Yeah. And here's, a, I have a little chart pulled up and you can literally look at all the bull and bear markets over the history of time. And bull markets tend to last a lot longer Bear markets are a lot shorter. Just keep in mind, you know, but like the money's made in the, the bear. Mo- they say are millionaires are made in, in the bear, bear market. And yes. that is the truth. You know, like uh, Warren Buffett's famous saying is buy when there's blood on the streets, even if it's your own blood. Like these <laughs> people are going to be laughing. There's so many financial advisors right now. Listening no, let them laugh. At them. So many but people made money during is, the recession, yeah, during the depression. Absolutely. A lot of people made money as soon as the, the stock market crashed in 87. And a lot of people made money on the housing crash in, two, in 09. Oh, absolutely. And they're going to make a lot of money. What's about to happen? Yeah. Right? So I agree with you guys. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just be mindful. You're not buying at the top and you're, you're looking for some lower prices. And it's hard to have patience. I've bought money at, uh, I've, sorry, I bought into Cardano at some higher prices. And I know I'm going to have to average down. So if I bought a bunch at $1.60 Canadian, which is a, a price for Cardano at the time, if I bought a bunch at $1.60 Canadian and now it's at 60 cents Canadian, I'm averaging my purchase down. So the more I buy at 60 cents, the less that $1.60 price doesn't, you know, hurt it's me It's so not a dollar. I'm drawing it yeah. down. Yeah, I'm drawing it down over time, right? Because I have the luxury of time. I know I'm going to hold for And the confidence years, in what you're investing in. Absolutely. And the confidence. I've spoken to people. I've done the due diligence. I've read five books on cryptocurrency this past year. Like I, I went a bit extreme with it, but I treat it as a hobby. You know, I don't care what. I, were one of those books, the Bitcoin Standard, because that's fucking hard. It was the Bitcoin read. Standard, and something I'll just briefly explain uh, a key component of the Bitcoin Standard. Bitcoin Standard, uh, you know, they talk about the gold standard and how yeah, currency used to yeah. be tied to gold, and then they removed the gold standard when there was wars, and these wars were it being they were able to be drawn out because the dollars weren't tied to gold. So once they removed that backing these wars lasted so much longer because they were able to spend more and more money the author goes on and he basically explains how the world's moving to a bitcoin standard there's no one country currency you know it's going to be removed from a country but he again is a bitcoin maxi as well the author of that book but but yeah i don't see a one world currency whether it's digital or not i don't see because first of all now exactly and that's the thing that's the there is so much conflict between nations that how can you everybody get on board to have one currency? No one has exposed it more than the cryptocurrency market. Oh, 100%. When you look at BTC, if I'm holding BTC, I'm holding Cardano, obviously. Are you going to convince me to move my life savings into just Canadian central bank digital currency? No. I, I You know what? I, I got to diversify here. And my likelihood of my uh, investment going up in Cardano versus holding a whole bunch of uh, uh, central bank digital currency, the Canadian dollar, the digital Canadian dollar, it just doesn't make sense, right? Of course, there's times when you want more cash, but that's a whole nother, uh, a whole nother conversation. So yeah, I, I, I think crypto's exposed it. One question I get a lot is, what if the government cancels crypto or makes it illegal? That's a question I get a lot, actually. Can they ha- Do they have the power to do that? I personally don't think so. How do you control a decentralized network? You can't. That's why I don't think they have the power to do that. Right. But could they make it illegal? 
they could tax withdrawals or they can make it harder for you to withdraw. Like they did, there's a whole expose and I want to be, I know, but look at wealthy people, what they've done. What are we, what, okay. Paul Martin, former PM, technically speaking, he lives in the Bahamas. Yeah, exactly. His primary residence is the Bahamas. Why is that? We all know it's a tax haven. So that's all that's going to happen is you're going to force these. And and that's when you're going to start seeing the Buffets and everybody else going, Oh, hang on a sec. I got to go someplace else just for a second. I got to take care of something at the ATM. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. So if they do that, they're only going to shoot themselves in the foot because they're in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, didn't wasn't there a recent article about there was a whole people were scared that the U.S. government was going to release a, release a report about like uh, governing crypto. Yes, and all this, this happened two months ago. So what, what exactly happened was everyone was scared. Janet Yellen, uh, the Treasury secretary, was basically very not pro crypto she was like oh i don't trust it it's a scam like she was all these old talking points she was educated and now she's reversed her opinion and <laughs> come out and said you know what we want to keep the the crypto industry on the shores of america they're gonna they're regulating it in a positive way now the yeah. u.s they're very happy like all these projects that operate in the u.s are very happy with the the new outlook now again terra going from 116 dollars to sub one penny that hurts the crypto industry. They're going to lo be looking at stable coins sp specifically. So there will be some regulation coming, but regulation isn't a bad thing. It can be a good thing for crypto. Well, as far as I'm concerned, as long as regulation exists, then it validates the adoption. Yes, and we're seeing Bitcoin right? ETFs now. We're seeing yeah. exchange-traded funds in Canada, spot ETFs. So you're starting to see like these crypto ETFs. You're starting to see Ontario Teachers Pension Plan buying, uh, moving a portion of... Really? The, yes, they've bought into Bitcoin. They've moved a portion of their balance. Uh, fireman pensions, nurses' pensions. All over the world, these pensions are starting to move. And this is when we're talking about institutional investment. Like This is what everyone's been waiting for, is the institutional money to come to cryptocurrency. And it's here now. And it's growing and the, the, the support, the framework around crypto is growing. By the time we hit the next bull market, I'm telling you, it's going to hold crypto credit cards and the whole deal. There's already crypto credit cards, yeah. but it, it's all coming, right? So for you to just choose to ignore that is mind-blowing. You can't. You just have to do the research. Uh, and unfortunately, then. this bear market right now is like the perfect storm. You have the war in Ukraine happening. Yes. It, like it's just you have China canceling uh, miners getting rid of bitcoin miners you have the luna thing crashing you have bitcoin having this year. like it's it's a lot at once it's the, a lot at once the macro really, market the inflation rate's never been so high yeah. printing 40 percent of the u.s dollars in the past Whoa. couple of years like come on there's yeah. too many things happening right now so that's why a lot of people are but then the government can use any one of those things to kind of contribute to and the that's fact. what that's what they're scared about with yeah terror, right? the market could be even lower right now nobody really knows you can TA or technical analyzed charts as, as much as you want, but it's black magic at the end of the day. You can't really predict It's too anything. new to look at it as a historical. I, I agree. I agree. And especially when you look at the, the technologies of the history of the Bitcoin movement compared to the technology now and the movement, how do you compare the two? So you're looking at like a Nokia flip phone compared to a smartphone now. The technology is just so different. It's really... I, I, it doesn't sit well with me to compare the two. You really can't. I strongly believe that will come a time when a blockchain like Cardano, let's say, will separate its volatility from Bitcoin through its utility. It will become something that's unheard of. What do you think is going to happen when Amazon announces, hey, we're accepting ADA or Cardano or 
uh, Walmart says we're accepting Bitcoin or, or Shiba Inu. Or Shiba Inu. What's going to happen? Well, look at, uh, I think, Famous Players. The movie theater is accepting Shiba Inu now. Yes. Are they really? Yeah, yeah that's what I heard. There's a whole bunch of, uh, even the one that was in AMC was... Ex- uh, Maybe it was AMC. Yeah. Theater, they, in the US. they accepted Shiba they, in the US. Accepted, yeah. yeah. It's just, just as they're bankrupt <laughs> from yeah. the pandemic, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and don't get me wrong. There's been like the the big thing with uh, El Salvador being the first country to accept Bitcoin as legal tenders. It hasn't all been smooth. It's exposed some areas that need improvement. And people are quick to say like, oh, look, it didn't work, but it didn't work. A lot of El Salvadorians adopted Bitcoin. A lot of them downloaded the Chi- uh, Chivo wallet, it's called. A lot of them, you know, are using it, but some are resistant. And you're going to have that with any currency. And now they're looking at the second country. You know, the one way I got my dad to kind of look at Bitcoin was in Brazil, they said, hey, you could pay your property taxes in Bitcoin. And if you pay in Bitcoin, we're going to give you 10% off your property taxes. Because if they collect a whole bunch of Bitcoin, I guarantee you that Bitcoin in five years isn't going to be worth, it's going to be worth more than 10%, right? So they're incentivizing the use of Bitcoin. Some countries are. And you'll even, I think Richmond Hill or one of these local places was actually really famous for accepting bitcoin for property tax it's it's coming you're starting to slowly see it, and it but happens. can can the crypto be a part of everyday currency exchanges because of the value of it so if okay let's just say for argument's sake i go to a movie i pay the value of 15 dollars worth of bitcoin for one movie ticket they they get that money now and Bitcoin goes up. So yes. now that value of that ticket is not worth 15 anymore. It's worth $25 now. But on the other flip side, what if it goes down? Now yeah. the company has lost money and they didn't get $15 for that movie ticket. Absolutely. The, the most famous story was uh, like early in 2011, a friend sent another friend like 50 Bitcoin or something for beers that he bought, right? He left this Bitcoin for a long time and ended up buying an apartment in Helsinki with beer money from 10 years ago you know what i mean like this is a true story this happens bitcoin you exchange is or the famous pizza story eight the years pizza ago story. someone bought two pizzas for how many bitcoin Ten thousand. Ten thousand bitcoin that's like hundred million two thousand two thousand one it would be worth 600 million yeah so there you go 600 million for two pizzas this guy's it's a famous in the crypto space yeah, I, know I, think it, I think it's the first transaction so, so it was it, the very first one he was it, on the 60 minutes i think yeah there's yeah. a few of them but yeah. you have to account for it and you have to understand when you're paying it at that moment bitcoin is worth that amount of money and you got to kind of walk away but as a business so if you're operating a business because i know that there was a a renovation company here in toronto that was publicly announcing we're going to offer you paying us the clients in bitcoin well, you have to decide early on how much you're going to keep in your reserves as a company and how much you're going to cash out to float your business. And that's, again, that's a financial decision. You had $100 in your bank account, Canadian dollars, 10% inflation last year. You lost $10. You're left with $90. What did you do to combat inflation? A lot of these companies are choosing Bitcoin to as a hedge against inflation. MicroStrategy is one of them. They bought thousands and thousands of Bitcoin, billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin to use it as a hedge against inflation. Now but it's gone down, but they're planning to hold it for a longer period of time. So these are financial decisions that experts have to make, right? I'm just trying to figure out, is it viable as an everyday, you go to an ATM and it's a Bitcoin ATM and you're taking out and you're buying something with it, but then the very next day, the Bitcoin price is down or the Bitcoin price is up. Yeah, so you could be happy or sad that you made that transaction, but at that moment, it was worth a certain price. And 
it's uh, yeah, it's being used right now. You could buy a beer in El Salvador at the bar. You know, I see transactions on YouTube all the time. You could buy a beer. You could buy whatever you want. You know, like at every store it has to accept Bitcoin because it's legal tender. That's something you just have to live with, and you can't you can't overthink because. Are all the investment firms these days are they offering this to any of their clients? So like like you guys said, Edward Jones and things like that. Uh, Edward Jones, I talked to someone that yeah, no, they, they won't touch it. They won't touch it. Yeah, it's too volatile. It's too new of an asset class. Like this is an emerging asset class. When's the last time you've seen an emerging asset class? Like this is something that is volatile, unfortunately. Uh, but as time goes on, you're not going to see these crazy jumps and. As time goes on, it's going to level out. And that's what all, if you compare gold at the beginning to Bitcoin at the beginning and you look at the charts, you can almost match them. They're very close in terms of adoption and, and growth. So like when you say, don't just write it off because it's volatile, like understand the volatility and just invest something you're comfortable losing, like Sean was saying. It's a technology. It's a technology. Invest in the technology. Invest in the strong technology. Invest in the company or might want to say company invest in the blockchains that want to make a difference that offer a product as opposed to trying to get rich quick and buying five hundred dollars of dogecoin or a thousand dollars of shiba inu you know like i said before keep that as part of a um, an initial investment fun story that actually i was talking to my cousin who has been in crypto actually for about seven years and back in, I think it was 2015, when Dogecoin was first in, uh, came out, it was a joke back then. And it was literally worth fractions of a penny. And him and his friends, between the two of them, had like 200 million Dogecoin. And they would just send them to each other for fun. <laughs> just joking around, hey, man, here's 10 million uh, Dogecoin. Oh, my God, I'm a millionaire. I'm a Dogecoin millionaire, right? And then over time, they just you know, gave them away or used it, whatever the case may be. Fast forward six years. It had like a $20 billion valuation. Yeah. The market cap was $20 billion. They would have made a yeah. lot of money. He, he doesn't like when I talk about this story <laughs> because he, he literally was Lesson sitting learned, there. Yeah. man. So again, there are ways to get rich quick in crypto. I, I don't disagree and and i can see but it's, it's the same thing with stocks this is true right yes there, there are ways of getting rich quick as well too right so it's the same thing yep yes absolutely and there's a lot of applications we haven't seen yet like if you look at uh they're talking about one of the applications of cryptocurrency is tokenization of real estate so mm -hmm. they're talking about if you want if they're going to develop a project in new york city let's say they're selling it for you know a uh, hundred dollars per coin it's a tokenized real estate. So you're buying $100 worth. They could break it down. It's so divisible. And that's the beauty of a cryptocurrency. That's what makes it a currency is the divisibility. So you can break it down to $100 for one square inch, let's just say, right? So they divvy up this whole place for $100 a square inch. And this is at the buy-in stage. So they go, they build a project, the land develops. Now your cryptocurrency is growing with the market value of the real estate. So that $100 coin is now... Of the square footage. Uh, yeah, it's $600 per coin, right? But you're making money because the building is up, and it's got tenants, you know, and slowly. So there's a lot of crypto real estate, tokenization of real estate. They're just doing they this right now? Like there's, yeah. there's one oh, right yeah. now? If you Google uh, tokenization of real estate, a whole bunch of companies will pop up. And then they're looking at putting medical records on uh, this uh, Cardano thing. They're looking at putting medical records on the blockchain. So you can't, they're un untamperable you can't tamper them and if i go to a hospital in africa they can access the blockchain pull up my medical records 
They don't have to call anyone. They don't have to do anything. You it's give just, them permission. Yes, this is. These are things that they're working on that that aren't developed yet. But these are like theories. That so it's your things. it's your privatization of your information. Yes. And they could pull it. And up. then you could be anywhere in the world and reveal that private to a, an individual. Mm-hmm. You own. You hold your data. But nobody can hack that. Get That's in right. there and get That's your right. information. Land deeds, yeah. To to touch on your real estate, there is a new project that's coming out on Cardano called Empower. Yes, yes, yes. And and if you're interested about this, in in Africa and real estate, if you're interested about this whole, just Google Empower. Empower. E-M-P-O-W-A. It's amazing. EMP token. Yeah, it's EMP token. What are they doing there? They're building, they're constructing homes in Africa and they're using, so I buy into the project and they're using the funds to basically build affordable housing for Africans. Oh, wow. So it's actually like a real good project with a good mission utility. and everything. Yeah, yeah, with utility like yeah. right away. Yeah, that's just one of the many, many, many projects on Cardano specifically. There's other ones on Ethereum. There's other ones on Solana. Sure. But it's funny. I keep going back to they're the hero and government's the villain, right? Like that's like such it. a good idea and a good purpose that I just see it being conflicting to other ideals which are negative right i don't see government as a positive these days and i don't see greed as a positive these days either i see that as a very strong positive in helping the collective of the the population of this country the country this population of the world and it goes against what the government is trying to do yes big banks have had yeah the legacy financial system has had the the run of the mill for a long time now and this is something that that these co-founders, these founders talk about, like Charles Hoskins is famous for saying, you know, like these guys build these marble banks that are a hundred stories tall. Like, where's this money coming from? How many mortgages are being, what did my dad and mother, my mother, never mind my dad, broke her hands and feet to go to work every day to pay that mortgage. How much was interest? How much was principal? Where did that interest 18, go? 18, 19%. I'm one guy. I know 50 other guys that their parents did yep. the same thing. Yep. So these big towers, it makes no sense. So the, these these currencies are, are very streamlined. If technology does the work, they pay out interest without you know building these fancy offices. It's crazy. Eventually, large institutions like Amazon, let's say, will say, okay, so let me ask you this. How often do you think Amazon, let's say, moves $100 million? Seconds. Sure. And how long do you think that takes to happen with the bureaucracy, the banks, the cost, the fees, the lawyers? Probably hours or days or whatever. Sure, and it costs a lot of money, right? But on blockchain, it's instant. literally free and instant. Yeah. It's inevitable. That's where it's gonna go. We just said inevitable at the same time. No, it's seriously. Swift, it Swift costs twenty five dollars for a transaction. Takes four days on XRP. You could move a billion dollars in like thirty seconds, and it costs twenty. Because they they have to go that way. Because the thing is, the amount of money that's coming when they start making sales, like when they're gonna just exponentially just grow in sales amazon didn't get to where they got to by just that one delivery the pandemic helped them grow so much more further faster whatever but their sales are just going to continue to climb yep everyone is just going to put everything that they pop and i do it myself i'm guilty of it i need toilet paper go online and i just buy it <laughs> yeah and then a day or later or whatever it just shows up and why is that It's just convenience. It's in my head. I'm on the phone. I put the order in. I'm gone. I move on to the next task. So we're in a digital age where you're you're not even multitasking. You're 
a top like you're just going insane yes. with what you're tasking to do yep. and what are we doing this for we're all doing this for so we can have a healthy safe retirement age that we don't have to be in our 60s or 70s and first of all rely on the government because we can't especially if you're in the trades the trades we're all self-employed individuals we're all entrepreneurs we don't have a pension it was never taken out yes. of our our scope or our work or whatever we have to technically reply on our government pension which is going to be nothing by the time we get to that age so we have to fend for ourselves and that means investing in crypto and being careful and learning and educating and building our nest egg yes I, man all those 18 to 25 year old tradesmen that are getting into it that you know their friends are in university or whatever the case may be and you're at work, save that money, man. I've seen too many guys buy BMWs or Mercedes or yep. expensive cars, and then they're, they're wishing they saved that money back in the day. You know, it just, please, yeah, save that money. I know it's difficult and discipline is needed, but man, you don't need that BMW. You're cool enough. You're a, you're a plumber, whatever the case may be. You, you, you know, you're doing a great trade. That's amazing. I have so much respect for all the tradespeople. All I do is respect them all day long. They're amazing. Save that money and... Uh, Man, how many older tradesmen do you know that Don't. had a had a duplex or something, and the guy died, left his family three million dollars? Like I, one of my family friends, plumber, he left his family a three million dollar duplex. They hardly knew about it, but this guy just put money away, put money. But our parents are a different generation. It's they, a different generation <laughs> compared to today. Even I, when I read a, an article about Amazon 1999, if you were to invest $1,000 into their stock at that time, it'd be worth something like $1.7 million right now, $1,000. And that, that goes to crypto as well. Where, Well, to touch on that a little bit, it, when you look at the like Amazon and Google, the reality is to get in as early as some people did, you need to be a VC, a venture capitalist. You yeah. need to have a lot of money and a lot of clout. Otherwise, you're you're subject to the public sale, and you're paying two, three times what the rich people paid. Yeah. Right. And that's the beautiful thing with the crypto. You don't need to be a VC. You can buy where the hell you want as much as you want. That's true. That that and that's going back to what we're saying. Do your research. Make sure you're investing in something that you believe in or has utility. Has utility. But in all in all fairness, it almost becomes like a second job, if not your full time job, to do all this research, right? And that's why when you go to investment advisors, they're going to give you really safe options. And that's, and that's important too. You need safe options. You can't have all your money in a high risk thing because like we were talking about Terra Luna, people turned $480,000 of their nest egg into $1,000. And they, and I'm telling you, eight confirmed suicides with this recent drop, right? Like this is serious stuff. This is your livelihood. You know, I can't stress enough. I'm not a financial advisor, obviously, but I'm just saying to the, you know, you got to be careful. I'm just stressing caution, 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 and discipline, you know, simple principles. Is there anything else, gentlemen? It's been, I have to listen to this one a few times to make notes and we all can, kinds we, of stuff. Well, there's. Uh, and give you a call, Sean. Yeah, please do. <laughs> you, you, uh, I think probably people have questions about nfts and wallets if yeah. you wanted to talk about either one of those yeah for sure let's actually like i, I want to talk about the safe wallets to choose from what to do how to set it up if you can that'd be great nfts i think that um you could touch upon about it like i mean i'm still learning about nfts and trying to figure out when i started learning about what is an nft and what can be an nft mm -hmm. so nft is literally digital art Right now, it's mostly digital art, but it could be anything. Like it could be a certificate of compliance. Uh, it's just something that is 
unchangeable on the blockchain. Digital signature, really. A digital signature, digital asset, right? It's, and it grows in value it, the more... It could grow in value. Okay. Right? So it's not guaranteed that it grows in value. No, so it all depends on... So if we're talking about art NFTs, it's, it's, it's about the artist. So like, for example, if I had a real Mona Lisa in my right hand and a fake one on the left, which one are you going to take if I offer to give them to you? The real one, yeah. right? So it goes back to these artists coming out with, with art and pictures that are they artists? Are they using their money to help something or someone? Or what's their utility with the money that they're making? What's their passion? Are they going to take all the money that they made through the NFT sales and just leave? We call that a rug pull. So it all depends on the artist, let's say. And then now some NFTs have utilities. I know this recent project, this NFT that came out is depending on the rarity of the NFT. If you have it in your wallet and you're staking it, depending on the rarity of the NFT, will give you more rewards. That's pretty cool. How is it? I got a question about NFTs. How is it that some artists are allowed to take Mickey Mouse, manipulate it and incorporate it in that art and sell it as an NFT? Does Disney have some sort of connection to that ownership of that thing? Or is it because they manipulated the trademark character enough that Disney doesn't have a connection to that trademark? Well, that's actually a really good question. That's probably a question for some lawyers. That starts to become legal, right? Because yeah, I see issue. NFTs all the time and I'm I, seeing Mickey Mouse. I'm I, seeing I, Hulk I see Hogan. I'm seeing. And these are these are copyright yep. trademark yep. entities, I, right? We're new. Right? Yeah. This is all new. So eventually I suspect there are going to be some legal issues around this. I suspect that. Unless behind the scenes they have proprietary agreements. I don't know. You guys ever remember that film Monster Squad back in the 80s? Monster Squad. It was a bunch of the uh, like uh, a vampire, Frankenstein, uh, creature of the Black Lagoon. But the problem was that there was a copyright infringement. So it wasn't Dracula. It wasn't Frank sign because the bolts were in his neck. Oh, the I bolts were in the head, right? So you're looking it up right now? Yeah, so they had to change each of the characters slightly yeah. to not be infringing on the copyright. And that's, that's what I think that the NFT artists are getting away with by using that. And then even though we know from watching or looking at it, that's Mickey Mouse. Yeah. But it's not Mickey Mouse, right? Yeah, some of the most popular NFTs I see aren't, aren't really tied to any, uh, like, you know, Mickey Mouse or anything like the popular ones I see. I know you're talking about Beeple because Beeple uses like Donald Trump and yes. all these like famous yes. like. So I don't know how he gets away with it necessarily, but it, he has the most famous sixty nine million dollars that was sold for uh, sixty nine million US. But a lot of the NFTs I see on Cardano and things of that nature, it's all like, you know, uh, the same picture kind of modified a whole yes. bunch of different ways. Whether it's a goat, like there's a popular goat project or uh, lazy llamas or clean nations, a really good one that I like. But yeah, there's uh, NFTs are weird, and now Disney's getting into NFTs. You're gonna see all these different. Everybody's gonna. Into you're Nike, repurposing your own your own uh, collectibles. Absolutely. Isn't and, uh, it Stallone? Yeah, Stallone just recently got into it. So really? all all of his characters are all gonna be NFTs now, what which makes a lot of sense because I mean he's just gonna milk Rocky and Rambo and everybody like that in different poses, and he owns the right or <laughs> whoever owns the rights to it. That's that's the funny thing. When it comes to NFTs and 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 minting, what you need to understand is, for the most part, the way an NFT is built. For example, let's say the board yacht ape club with the pictures of the apes, right? 
what the monkey, the monkey, the monkey. Sure, the the artists will create like a whole bunch of traits, like an earring, yes. or headphones, or a color, a background, and all that. And they take all those pieces of art and they upload it to the blockchain. And then when you go to mint it, the computer will randomly select stuff and build your NFT. You don't know what you're buying. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So the rarity levels aren't determined until after the project is completed being minted because the owner doesn't even know what's gonna the computer's gonna come out with. The so owner, the computer's the artist. Pretty much, yeah. It's the computer's assembling. Luck of the draw, right? Yeah. yeah. Like luck of the draw. That's right. I didn't right. even know that. So that's when we talk about rarity. It depends. Like you the artist could have he could have a, a a pen in the monkey's hand and then say that only 2% of monkeys are going to have that 2% of monkeys are going to have this type of hat you, and all you, that. you create the rarity you create right and then the computer will assemble it all and you could get lucky and so the most rarest monkey could have the, all the lowest tiered thing but the computer might not give that yeah so, so that's, that's what tr- kind of drives the value afterwards because if right. you want to go after a particular piece you have to go and pay for it now because you didn't mint it right that's some right. some other guy george in indiana minted it and now you want it so that drives the price up so the mint price would be 150 dollars. but now if i want to take it from george i got to pay 250 right yes so. yeah it's it's pretty interesting how the nfts are built it's it's amazing and some and it's only growing like that that is growing that's growing really quickly so if i'm not mistaken nft's been on ethereum since 2017 2018 i believe okay crypto kitties i think was the first first one and and they're yeah some of the nfts go for half a million dollars and and on cardano nfts i think the first one was in december so it hasn't even been a year wow and we're growing it's it's getting there yeah, we're in the early stages still. Like crypto adoption is still in the early stages. Like 2003 of the internet cycle, they're saying like uh, trying to liken it to something, but we're still so early. And NFT, these pictures you see tied to the NFTs, these digital signatures, right? This isn't the final use case. Like this is just the beginning, yeah. right? Pictures are just an example. So one thing I like to say to older people who say, I don't understand NFTs. And I always say to them, in a nutshell, did you collect baseball cards or hockey cards? And they say, yeah. Well, then you understand NFTs. Same thing. Right? Just because you're holding something versus not holding something, it's that's a still a digital asset. It's a collectible. That's exactly yeah. Yeah, correct. On Twitter, your profile picture is an NFT, right? And there's like people who won't even talk to you unless you have a certain NFT as your profile picture. Like, it's, Really? I'm telling you. And if you have like a board APO club, like you're in an, ex- in an exclusive club of people. Listen, I don't. I'm not crazy about NFTs. Sean's more the NFT guy, but I I see the value of it. You know, everyone's trying to show what they have, right? And if I could show you, I spent a hundred grand on a profile picture. And I'm gonna. I'm that type of guy. Then I guess people find value. One in that, of the right? first NFT projects I got into Cardano is called Cardano Trees. We're going back, like I said, six or seven months ago, maybe even eight months ago. Look up when that started. Which one? Cardano Trees. I'm just okay. curious when that was minted. Anyhow, how it worked was you would mint one of these, and it's an actual cart, not a cartoon, but like a two, like like that. See the tree on the left-hand side? Oh, yeah. Right there. See that? Got it. So that is a picture of the NFT, and it's actually <laughs> living on chain. It's moving. It's and, and each NFT has a longitude and latitude associated with it. 
And each so somewhere in the world, somewhere in the world, and the tree will experience the weather that that location is experiencing in real time. To top it all off, every NFT that they sold, they planted a real tree in real life. Wow! I mean, come on. I like that. And and some of these trees will actually bear fruit in the season that they're supposed to, and it's all about the rarity. It's it's a really cool. So project. what are those trees selling for right now? So at one point they were really popular, and they're selling for anywhere from probably a hundred ADA to or a hundred dollars, let's say, to probably five thousand dollars. It depends if someone wants it. I like the connection to actually planting a tree, a real tree, in the real world. And and a lot of the NFTs projects are starting to do that. That offer utility in terms of helping the 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 environment. Now, I, if I see that monkey in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, NFTs, you're going to have a podcast and they're specialists. Like we know a bricklayer, uh, a bricklayer, like uh, he's a labor bricklayer, but he has his own NFT project called Crypto Boons. Mm -hmm. And it's crypto, uh, crypto Boons. Boons. It's all monkeys. It's all uh, it's all like boon monkeys. Almost uh, looks like uh, the Chicago Bulls symbol. Yeah, similar. I, I can't find I can't that's find it up right now. But anyways, like there's people anywhere in the world. There's, Here's there's one of one. them. Yeah. Well, that's it there. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So, so he created uh, the boon, right? And all the different colors. This sells for 88. So at 180, 60. I actually kind of like that. It looks like yeah. that uh, killer monkey. But like you could create art in your you know, basement and show ownership. And digital ownership was hard to verify before. And now with blockchain technology, it, it, this has been, it's like, you know. It's been solved, that problem. Yeah, so people are selling jewelry with certificate of compliances on the blockchain. Yeah. Can't they can't manipulate it. Yeah, so wow. there's so many different uses. The abilities, not the abilities, the options are going to be endless when it comes to NFTs and what you can do. It's, it's an amazing industry. Is it ever going to get saturated, though? Like everyone's going to put something yeah, so out I, there? You should expect 95% of NFT projects to, to not be worth anything yeah exactly because a lot of these people are like oh and i get it all the time that like they'll say oh i heard you're into crypto oh, nfts man i'm gonna create some nfts and i'm gonna make it yeah. doesn't work like that and not no. anymore <laughs> you know because it is saturated yeah. now people are getting wise people so are now you actually have to create art yeah, you have to create art, art or and provide get a utility a utility yeah or have some sort of artist clout behind you you know there's 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 a lot of nft projects coming out that are really cool like Clay, Clay Nation is actually really cool. Um, yeah, these people make uh, yummies. Or what, what I do like about the artists, because I know plenty of artists that actually were never a fan of the traditional art route, you know, like the showing and, and having a whole function and everything like that. They just didn't, they were street artists. They're artists, like, and they want to stay true to that. But then someone convinced them to get into the NFT world, and all of a sudden they started creating that, and then they started monetizing it. They weren't directly connected to the monetization of it right and that's why they i like that they're succeeding now in their art yes. form but they are still true artists yes you know what i mean so now that we're talking about art and nfts one of my favorite projects is called unsigned Alg algorithms <laughs> that's so it's a, a a guy named alexander monad he did an art study and he remember i explained how our how the nfts are built yeah so he did the same thing so, no uh, these are awoken algorithms no unsigned algorithm yep so probably the cleaning. Stuff. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah, like, okay. We, we got to get going. No, no, that's fine. We got to wrap it up soon anyway. Yeah. Uh, All right. Last one we'll look at for now. Oh, they're selling for 240. No, 200. these are, oh, these these are, are not there. them. 
these unsolved algorithms. So it's a it's an art study. So he created. There you go. Oh wow. Okay. So, so these are dear to my heart. So basically, he loaded the computer and said, "Hey, ninety degree angle, zero degree angle, red, blue colors, wavy lines, solid lines," and he threw all these. And uh, put it all together. And put, and put it in the computer, and people minted them. And believe it or not, the most expensive one is all black. <laughs> it's probably I, I've last I heard someone was offered I think two hundred and fifty thousand ADA for it for a black for a black and square and they turned it down. And they turned it down because they know that it's going to yeah. increase yeah. in value. It's, we 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 in the NFT world consider this project a, a blue chip, an OG blue oh, chip. Oh wow! Uh, as a matter of fact. Type in Unsigned Algorithm Toronto. The artist did a presentation in the Toronto Museum about his art study. I hard to find on here, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, not a Toronto artist, is it? No, he's no. not. But okay. he was invited to the Toronto Museum to talk about NFTs and art. It's really cool. Okay, one last thing. Just wallets. You want to briefly talk about that before sure. we wrap it up? Yep. So the two types of wallets to secure your crypto is a hot wallet and a cold wallet. Please don't let the word wallet think that your coins are stored on the wallet because it's not. It's the C phrase. So let's start with a hot wallet. So a hot wallet, if you create a hot wallet, then you're going to get about, depending on the wallet, but you're going to get like a 15 or 24 random words. And those words are your seed phrase. My advice to you is if you're creating a hot wallet, write down those words on a piece of paper. Do not take a picture of them. At the very least, write them down on a piece of paper. You can also get like tin etching where you can etch the words into a piece of metal in the event of a fire. You don't lose your flood. words. Pardon me? Or a flood. Or a flood. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Okay. You need to keep it safe. And the reason why Sean's saying don't take a picture, because if you store that picture on your computer or your phone, if someone takes that they picture, have the they have your seed phrase. Yes. So your seed phrase, you need so to So every hot wallet you get comes with a seed phrase. Yes. And it's 20 words? It depends on the, 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 the software that you use. It could be 15 words, could be 24 words. But Got the it. idea is you're getting a random words. So keep that safe because if you lose those words or someone steals them, your money is gone, gone. forever. I get, this, I get calls all the time. Hey, Sean, I, I, took a, I took a screenshot of my seed phrases on my phone, but then I traded my phone and got a new phone. I'll just call the company and tell, show them my ID and get it. It doesn't work like that. You've lost everything. Yeah, seed phrases that you need to keep. Yeah, so that's a hot wallet. So that's wallet. designed for security purposes, yes. right? So, so that's a hot wallet. So in the event that someone steals your seed phrase, they can type in all these words into the wallet, resurrect your wallet, and steal your funds. Now, a cold wallet is... Exactly the same thing. You get seed phrases with the cold wallet, but you're linking it to a ledger. Someone can steal your seed phrases and resurrect your wallet, but as soon as they go to do a transaction, it's going to say, plug in your ledger. Ledger. So you need the ledger. So you need the ledger. So a cold wallet is better than a hot wallet. Much better. Much safer. Safer. Yes. But you got to secure that properly, right? So a lot of people will buy ledgers and then they'll put them in a fireproof safe, not realizing that a fireproof safe is not fireproof because... In the event of a fire, everything inside is just going to cook and your ledger is going to melt. So you need to get what we call a multimedia safe. That's the proper way to do it. Now, if 
I know someone who got into, let's say, Cardano at a really early stage and literally has millions and millions of dollars and they store their ledger in a security deposit box, the bulk of their investment. And any time they need to do a transaction, they call a security company, cops, they escort it to his house. He does, oh, this is no joke. Because he has millions of dollars millions on that ledger. Millions of dollars. And it will be millions and millions more in five to ten years. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. So if, if anyone wants to get into the whole crypto thing and just try it, you know, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, you want to just try it with a, a hot wallet? Sure, go ahead. But if you're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars, I highly recommend a ledger or a treasure, a cold wallet at the end of the day, whether it's a ledger or a treasure or uh, there's other ones. I can't remember the names. Yes, there's a few, but those are the main, main, I like, like, I like, like, a lot of people argue that the ledger is like the company version. So in the event that the ledger company goes under, you've lost support for your ledger. It will still work, but there's no more bug upgrades and the software is not going to be updated anymore. Whereas on Trezor, Tre Trezor, sorry, it's an open source platform. So no one, no single company owns the rights to it, if you will. The, the, the community owns it. But there's also some drawbacks to that, too. Security drawbacks, no? Potentially, potentially. But you got a good point. What if that ledger, the company folds, now you've got a device that has all your money. What does the it, uh, safe deposit guy do? It, 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 it's, it's a very unknown unknown this is all new right we don't know i know but that's scary like it is you, scary. you actually put so much of your money and it's trying to stay protected and something as simple as like that could happen so let's just for argument's sake let's play the devil's advocate someone gets ten thousand dollars they secure their ten thousand dollars with a ledger then the next day the ledger company folds goes bankrupt your device is still going to work don't get me wrong but in 5, 10, 15 years? We don't know. We don't know what, if the ledger is going to be compatible with the new computers in 10, 15 years. Because that company is no longer there to support the software, right? But, I mean, if you bought a ledger, I mean, I have ledgers. If I have a ledger and tomorrow the company went bankrupt, well, the first things I'm going to do is buy another cold wallet and transfer all the stuff. Right? I'm not going to So you can do years. that. You can transfer from one ledger to another ledger? Yes. To another cold wallet device. Device. Yes. So I, I don't like to use the word ledger because ledger is actually the name of the company. Right? Oh, okay. I got it. So ledger is the name of the company that makes the ledger device. So like a Nano X is a, a, a wallet. Is a, a, is a, a ledger. A Nano X is made by ledger. Oh, I got it. company you. ledger. So the Nano X is the product yes. made by ledger, the company. Bingo. And so that's what it is. Yeah. I got it. And then Treasure is a company that makes the but the open X, source. I think it's called, but it's an open source company, if you Treasure. will. I know, but with so many hackers out there, <sighs> I know this? that's the thing. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, what I didn't do you think that. about exchanges for the uh, like? Yeah, uh, that's what I'm familiar with. So that is those are those are Ledger devices made by Ledger. Got it. And uh, yeah, there's the Ledger Model One. Got it. Model T. Yeah, so some good options to look at. What are you on, Amazon? No, this is just Google. <laughs> oh, don't. Do not buy a wallet from Amazon. Do not? If you're going to buy a cold wallet, buy it directly from the manufacturer. There are known cases of people buying ledgers off Amazon, and a previous person had bought it, 
unwrapped it, plugged it in, installed spam or malware or software to siphon your information, put it back in the box, wrapped it up, factory sealed it. They have all the machinery, send it back to Amazon. Amazon puts it back on the shelf, send, sells it. Whoa. And they just wait. And they wait. They sit and they wait. And they're like, okay, wait till this account gets to $1,000 or $10,000. Liquidate. Gone. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've scary, heard, this man. This has happened. So it's a fact. Also, I would not recommend going on your, uh, you know, your exchanges like CoinSmart or Endax or Coinbase, whatever the case may be, whatever you choose. And then going on, you know, like going on stupid websites or streaming. Just uh, separate the, lab, yeah, the desktops. Like you don't want any malware. You, you want to have some form of security. If you're going to invest a lot of money, you want to have some security and you don't want to be going on all crazy websites and getting all pop-up ads and stuff like that. So Please the, be careful. The good thing is, touching on what Mark was saying, a lot of the exchanges now use a 2FA, two-factor authentication. Yes. Yeah. That yes. helps, but it's not Point bulletproof. Point Smart does that. Yeah. It's not bulletproof, right? No. Someone could still get... It's, it's possible, absolutely. If you're going to get into crypto, please understand that your computer, if it's compromised, so could your crypto. Just be very That's careful. scary. It is scary. And you can even do it on your phone, too. I am more comfortable helping people with their phone because the likelihood of their phone having, a, having malware or a virus is less than a PC, especially if it's a family PC where all the kids yeah. are using it, the, the wife's using it, or the grandparents are using it. You know, oh, check out this attachment on this email. What is it? Little do they know, now they're a Trojan horse has just yeah, been installed on the computer. Wow. Or a, log, a, a key logger. And there, there are ways to protect yourself if you're using a hot wallet. One quick way is when you're typing in your seed phrase, just type the first three letters and you'll see a list of words and then pick the word. Don't type in the whole word because if there's a key logger installed on your computer, you're now giving, literally giving them your password. Very good advice, yeah. So I make it a point anytime someone is using a hot wallet, I tell them and they're because you can create a hot wallet on here, right? Now you have your seed phrase. Well, now my phone won't boot up. How do I access my money? Now I got to take those seed phrases and type it into a device, another device, whether it's a computer or another phone, but don't type in the whole word, word, just a few letters, let the list populate and pick it. That way, if you have a key logger, it's, they won't know the rest of the word, the rest of the word. That's right. Hmm. I didn't think about that. I'm back to being scared. <laughs> but you have a ledger, <laughs> so you're good. <laughs> All right, Sean Silva. So you can find you at A3C Crypto Club Inc. www.a3ccryptoclub.com. Sean at a3ccryptoclub.com. Facebook, Sean A3C. Twitter, at Sean A3C. And then on a YouTube channel, A3C Crypto Club Inc. You mind if I do a little bit of shilling for, for two sure. minutes? Sure, go ahead. So, if anyone out there is has crypto and they want to take advantage of the five percent APY or the interest, please join my stake pool, stake with A3C Cardano pool. If you don't know how to do it and your coins are sitting on an exchange, contact me. I can walk you through it. It's very easy. And let me make something crystal clear to the world: staking your coins on Cardano is one hundred percent safe. It's not locked in. You can come and go. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you stake your coins in my pool or any other Cardano pool and that pool closes down tomorrow, you'll just get a, a message saying, hey, that pool doesn't exist. Pick another one. There's no. So the point is there's no loss of custodial. I don't own them. I, I have just quickly. Cardano does a lot of bootstrap programs where they help small pools. I was recognized as one and they lent me three million ADA. 
At the time, it was worth $10 million. So they put that ADA in my pool and helped my pool generate blocks and attract attention, all that. And now they've moved on. But the point is I was recognized and that made me feel really good about myself. So you can rest assured that you're, you're staking in a legitimate pool. And the pool is about security, safe. Yes. I, I'm actually, actually, my stake pool is part of the CCSBA, the Car Cardano, the Canadian Cardano Stake Pool Association. I've been uh, safe badge, been audited. Yeah, everything's good. Oh, wow. Yeah. it's If you go on my website, you'll see all my credentials there. And it's simple to transfer from one to that? Yes, very simple. If you've never done it before, it could be intimidating, and but it is simple. At the end of the day, every wallet will have an address, like a long... Uh, number and words uh, sorry and letters and you basically go to your wallets receive address copy it go to the place where your funds are go to send paste that address in that's literally it and it will send it then you can activate the staking by a click of a button and like i said i recommend the wallet called eternal go to my website all the safe links are there contact me call me i'll help you with all this my stake pool is also uh, an official Hosky token pool. So if you're staking with A3C, you can pull from the Hosky bowl and get free Hosky tokens. <laughs> Believe it or not. That's yeah. You got to be deep in the weeds to get to Hosky. It's, focus it's on Cardano first. Focus on Cardano, but I can help you with that. Yeah. And also, too, there's a token distribution system in Cardano called Drip Drops. And what they do is they help small projects give out tokens for free and whatnot. And I, my pool is an official drip drop rater pool and you can get an increased amount of tokens for free so it's yeah i got a lot to offer wow i didn't yeah. know half of this stuff man yeah that's the thing it's it's very you'll learn if you go Once to you the learn, a, eh? a3c he has all the videos explaining it but uh, just starting with cardano and staking cardano is a good idea especially now with the price of 64 cents canadian <sighs> crazy yeah. price there hasn't been that price for like a year and a half two years something like November 2020. I've never seen it like this slow. Yeah, it's we got in in February 2021. So it hasn't been this price since like November, December of 2020. So years. So it's a good price, uh, good entry point for sure. So. As a matter of fact, I think if I'm not mistaken, in January of 2021, Cardano was... It, it just started its climb. Yeah, it started its climb from in like November. Yeah. yeah, from November 2020 to January, February 2021, a 1600% rally. Yeah, like, like that. Like six, uh, 16x your money. Yeah. Yeah, like from a, that time. A year and yeah. a half ago, Cardano was pennies. Yeah. And then he did the papers, announced to the world what he's building, and everyone's like, holy shit, yeah, this guy's so actually really building it. And the price just went to $3.80, and then the world happened. The price came down. Don't let the price of Cardano fool you, okay? If you're looking at the market and Cardano's going down or any coin's going down and everything else is going up, that's a red flag. If you look at the market and everything's going down, okay, that makes sense, Yeah. right? Uh, there's an old saying, when in doubt, zoom out. <laughs> yeah. Are there any books, guys, you want to talk about? Should people read? I like this book because it, it kind of explains the basics. Bitcoin, the Future of Money by Dominic Frisbee. He, he uses a lot of good examples. The Bitcoin standard is pretty good too. I read that. It's still Chinese to me, man. I yeah. was reading a lot of it, yeah. Yeah. In order to get my my wife to invest in this, like you got to convince the wife and all that. Like I basically watch videos with her. Blockchain for dummies. What is Cardano? What And just on YouTube, there's a lot of great information. And understanding Blockchain technology will help you make the decisions. And going back to what I said before, I would really recommend people to watch Charles's videos. He's very check it out, yeah. 
watch the latest one, the Amusings yeah. one. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, it's you'll get amazing an idea stuff. of where his mind is at yeah. and why he's in the industry. Yeah. We gotta wrap it up, guys. I got I gotta do the twelve questions with you, Sean, because I know Marco, you've done it. Yes. It's almost been three hours for a podcast. Oh wow. I knew it was gonna go long. I'll change it slightly because of crypto. What is your favorite crypto word? What is my favorite crypto word? Uh, <laughs> quick. <laughs> bullish? What is your least favorite crypto word? Bearish. <laughs> <laughs> Bearish? That's not a word. Is that a word? Yeah, it is. It in is the crypto word? community, it is. Bearish means the market's coming down. Yeah. What turns you on in crypto? I guess blockchain as well, too, that whole. The technology behind it, the, the, the fundamentals and what they're doing with it, absolutely. What turns you off? The volatility. Favorite curse word? Puta. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite vehicle? Anything in the world? A uh, Tesla. Uh, what's your least favorite vehicle? Um, a smart car. <laughs> uh, what crypto sound or noise do you love? I don't know how that would work. What crypto sound or noise? Um, Does crypto make sounds? I have an app on my phone that it goes ching when <laughs> someone a does a transaction. <laughs> what crypto sound or noise do you hate? Do you have the same sound that if it goes down? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? On. So you've got a day marketing. job. Marketing? I, I do have a day job, yes. Yeah. So I'm a mechanical designer, a mechanical uh, engineering technologist. Uh, I work with a very large company and fix very expensive trains and vehicles. And <laughs> I design tools and help. I love my day job. It is so fun. But if I had to pick something, uh, I'm a very social person. So doing this whole uh, blockchain, sorry, this whole A3C thing, I've been meeting a lot of people and helping them with marketing and branding. So I think I'd try that, like a marketing company or something, social media. What profession would you not like to do? Anything involved reading. <laughs> No. Lawyer. Lawyer. I wouldn't want to be a lawyer. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates, Sean? You are going to come back as a dog in a rich family. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you very much. Marco, really appreciate you setting this up, man. Honestly, this has been great. Everybody reach out to Sean, uh, A3C Crypto Club uh, the Inc. Or sorry, A3C Crypto Club Inc www.a3ccryptoclub.com and Shauna at a3ccryptoclub.com and also find them on Facebook, Twitter, and the YouTube channel. Yes, Twitter's great. Thanks, bro. Thank, thank you. you. Nice seeing you. Oh, it's Looking great seeing you, man. man. Yeah, it's uh, very nice meeting you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, ladies. man. I really appreciate that. I, Fellow I, I, Portuguese I, guy. Well, I know that. I, <laughs> I bet you any money, guys, or, you know, trades people are going to reach out to you. They're going to ask you questions, Please man. Please do. Because I know that every single one that I've spoken to wants to get into the space. They just don't know how to get into mm -hmm. the space and what not to do. But you've shared, both of you guys have shared really good, like, nuggets, man honestly so and, and i just want to make something clear the help that i give again is free i don't charge yeah i, I just help <laughs> not even a little bit of cake off the top no he's no. i'm telling you and you no. i didn't believe it till i seen it but <laughs> sean's uh, that's awesome man yeah, so it's all, legit uh, yeah all that i ask is if you buy cardano stake in my stake pool because it helps me at the end of the day yeah right that's all i ask don't, you don't need to give me money or anything i'm gonna like that. check out a lot more of that i want to look yeah, into it I know. i've heard of it i was like it was either that or xrp and but now Cardano's looking pretty good too, right? Ooh, so yeah. it's actually a good time to buy it. So yes, definitely. All right, guys, we're out of here, man. Thanks Thank so you. much. Thanks, guys. Thank you.